Welcome to a special mailbag episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, where I, Adam, am sitting down with one of our Patreon subscribers, Andre, who is generously become one of our patrons of Metallic Great Worm Tier, and that means that he's able to sit down and record an episode with us. And he decided that today we're going to be discussing something that has been repeatedly addressed on the regular Dragon episodes, but never in the appropriate amount of detail. Uh, we said over and over again that the dragons in the monster manual feel incomplete. They feel like a base to start from. And we've never then said where to go from that base. So uh, even Wizards of the Coast supports the idea that this is just a basic template to begin from uh, when they released Fizban's Treasury of Dragons and uh, included spell lists as well as other powers that dragons might have. But... Honestly, again, that's not really enough to feel special. That just makes them a little bit beefier, but still very generic. So before we get into it, Andre, how are you? We haven't talked in like, what, like four months or something at this point? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been about four months now. You've uh, just... you've had another volcano explode nearby? Uh, yeah, it's it's done now. It died like a month ago now, I think. Okay. But yeah, it, that was... Not, it's nothing special. We're just getting used to it now. It's been it's been an eruption every year now for three years. So. That's insane. Honestly, that's how <laughs> I feel here with the the sweeping province wide forest fires. Is we shrug and say, mm. yeah, that's too bad. Another two or three communities got roasted. A bunch of people got displaced. But you know, yeah, it happens. So um, yeah, we, I think, there's only been one forest fire in my living memory that's that we've been like worried about, but. It hasn't displaced anybody, so that was that was fun. It it has been record up here. Like our Arctic uh, circle areas have been on fire. It was so uh, bad in eastern well, Canada <laughs> that it flooded half of the United States down the eastern seaboard. Like, jeez, it's it's been wild. Um, but uh, but let's not get too concerned about climate change. <laughs> Let's talk about another existential threat uh, uh, of a fantasy kind, and that's dragons. So yeah. how do you feel about dragons overall in the first place? I love dragons. I just, ever since, since when? Well, since I was a kid and watched probably, I think The Hobbit, because I'm I'm young enough to, <laughs> to have seen that in the theaters and still been like nine years old, I think. Oh my God. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when I saw Smaug for the first time, that's probably what sparked it like heavily. Mm -hmm. But I, dragons have always kind of been there, I guess, just like in, well, in Disney and Shrek and How to Train Dragons, of course. That no, that's probably the one that really sparked it, because that's that's my childhood. Yeah, I uh, I think that a lot of the European dragons are like ingrained in our system as fantasy. It, it, Growing up, there were really two kinds of fantasy monsters: dragons and unicorns. That's what I got. Yeah, like we, I was aware, <laughs> I was aware of like fairies and elves and stuff, but they were they were in yeah. the background, and that wasn't necessarily like big, amazing, mystical, magical creatures. They were just, and yeah, and then there's, the, there's fairies. I was a I was a young boy in the eighties. I did not give a shit about fairies or elves. Yeah, uh, man, did I love enough, these dragons. <laughs> fairies and elves are like a huge thing in Iceland. Yes, I did a <laughs> real big deep dive into when we did our elves episodes, and this didn't make it onto the actual um, recordings, but I did a huge deep dive. I got distracted for like two full days on European elves and trolls, and the elves in Iceland and the fairies in Iceland are 
terrifying. Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> this is not happy fay. This is No, <laughs> no, no, this no, is no, no. Curse your bloodline and you're going to die. Like it's yep, it's brutal. Super interesting. Really cool. And I wish that D D would would dig into the unseelie court a little bit more for the fae, just be able to like dig into fairies and like the evil, nasty what happens if you cross them fairies, right? Yeah, so. like there there's a huge thing. Like there are some rocks we call elf rocks. Yeah. You don't touch those unless you want your entire bloodline to end with you. So so how do you know which one is an elf rock? That's the thing. Um, that just I was... it's it's uh, where where to uh, mouth uh, mouth to mouth. Just we just know you are just told by your grandma that you don't touch that rock if you want to live type of stuff. Like we, I think there's one rock in the old town I used to live in. It is surrounded by an industrial area, but that rock wasn't touched. That's so cool. I I I freaking I mean it's terrifying. But I oh. absolutely love it. <laughs> the only kind of anything that's even remotely like folklore or cryptid up here is like the Sasquatch. That's what we got. Um, and <laughs> it's not even really like it captures the imagination of seven weirdos every year and everybody else. Doesn't. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I mean, that doesn't include the uh, indigenous people's um, lore and stories and religions and whatnot. It was all sort of yeah. things like the Wendigo and stuff. But like, yeah, now the average person here is vaguely aware of Bigfoot, and that's yeah. <laughs> that, that's about it. And it's like a shrug, right? So it will devolve into the conversation about uh, Harry and the Hendersons, the old like John Lithgow <laughs> movie. So, anyways, back to dragons. Um, yeah. <laughs> does Iceland have a have a strong connection to dragons, like uh, England does and Germany does? We, and... we do, but it's it's less traditional because, of course. It, it, we have a very similar connection to it in how in like it does in how to train a dragon like we we i think in iceland and in the nordics i'm just gonna say nordics because yeah shocker yeah. that's my culture yeah uh um we put them on ships because they looked terrifying to the english <laughs> uh, and, yeah and <laughs> there were always there was always this legend that you would kill dragons but like who the fuck knows it was probably just a big fucking lizard yeah i assume it's like whales and sharks and serpents yeah it's yeah like whales were, were probably the real thing because a lot of our dragons were like serpentine like mm -hmm. the nordic dragons are very serpentine but they're not uh, i think they would class as worms like yeah with a y they wouldn't be yeah, yeah, with a Y. Not 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 the traditional like English dragon, but more of a worm. And that's what I would look at and still say a dragon in in Icelandic. Well, you think of, of like Jormungandr, right? Who is Yeah, he is dragon. a worm. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, how do you feel about the dragons in Fifth Ed? I I do like them. Like I do like them. Uh, like you said, they are a bit incomplete, but I do love them. They are a lot of fun. I enjoy the lore and the paragraphs more than I enjoy the yeah. stat blocks by a damn sight. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I I rarely look at the stat block like religiously when it comes to the dragons. I just have a bit of fun with them and fuck with my players. <laughs> hey, man, that's the goal, right? Um, <laughs> I'm actually really nervous because later today, so I've been in Maryland for two weeks um, doing like a whole bunch of wedding planning and stuff. And, uh, and 
Dan was supposed to like fill in for me DMing. He's going to run a two shot. And then it's the end of the summer and everybody got busy. Right. And so Dave's away camping and, and God knows what Casey and Megan were doing. Megan, I think was picking up the slack on recordings and stuff in the, in the meantime. And like, everybody just got real busy. So Dan didn't get a chance to do it. So I've come home and I'm like, Hey, if you still want to do this, I could use two weeks of recharge to like get back on my feet. Cause it was, that was a whirlwind trip of a lot of socializing. And, um, and I'm like, Dan, can you just DM your thing? And I would love to sit in on it. He's like, sure. And then sure enough, it's the Labor Day long weekend. So everybody's gone except for me and Megan. So we're like, okay, it's Megan and I doing a prison break by ourselves. And I am legitimately <laughs> terrified. I saw Dan last night very briefly. And I'm like, hey, do you, uh, uh, how do you feel about this? And he goes, I'm going to have to rework everything because um, I'm relying on your guys to be able to like solve a lot of puzzles. And I went, I am playing a fucking barbarian. God damn it. <laughs> So anyway, I'm going to solve these puzzles with face. And that is how this is going to work. <laughs> um, but I don't expect he's going to throw a dragon at us at level nine. So um, for a one shot, hey, I've done worse. <laughs> I've done worse. I have done worse as well. So but however, Dan, <laughs> I, I I know for a fact, just because of where he's put it in our world, this is going to be a drow thing. So I'm like, mm, I'm going to be poisoned a lot. So, <laughs> um, anyway. You've used uh, the last time we talked. We talked about yes. doing a dungeon with a deep dragon at the at the middle of it, right? So yes, yes have I you have. have you run that yet? I have. Uh, I have run it. Uh, it went as about well as you'd expect with a bunch of twenty year olds <laughs> who think about dick jokes. Yeah, and take yeah, your you know, look. You put an island full of mushrooms. In front of it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It went as about well as you'd expect, I think. But <laughs> for did, a bunch of sleep-deprived teenagers, essentially. <laughs> did they have fun? Oh, they had a lot of fun. We didn't uh, manage to finish it, unfortunately. I think because I got busy with work, because this, that was before I... No, that was when I was working, but I, I, I haven't gotten a lot of uh, Thursdays off, which is when I usually play. Fair. Like, I, this work is killing my D&D experience. No, uh, it'll be fine. It's it's a few years and then I can play as much D&D as I want. Um, but the, uh, the... Yeah, it's it, it, it about well as one can expect. <laughs> did they did they run into the deep dragon? Did they get that far? Uh, they, yes, they got, they, they, they saw him and then we had to end because it was getting late and we all had stuff to do in the morning. <laughs> sure. So was it magical mystical intimidating like were they like oh shit a dragon or were they just like cool a dragon uh they were like oh of course Andres Diaby. of course it was going to be a dragon <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> um have you beefed it up at all to make it scarier um i did i think i did a lot more uh, like a lot more mind kerfuckery than the deep dragon had any right to be doing Good. Just because I felt like it. <laughs> Good. That's look, hey, man, it's dragons. Like you, you, they, everyone should be unique, and everyone should be absolutely terrifying, and everyone should, every single dragon of all time should pack a punch that you're not expecting the first time you run into them. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you haven't spent time as a party in the local towns, getting and gathering information. And strategizing with, you know, local mercenary guilds or other adventurers or nearby wizard. If you're not trying to scry and figure out what's going on with this dragon ahead of time, 
you're going to get blindsided and you, and that's yeah. on you. You should be right. Yeah, exactly. Really quickly. Let's jump into kind of what we have for this, for workshopping dragons in the first place, what Fizzman's gave us. And, yeah. Yes. Um, and then we can launch into, you've chosen five um, different okay. dragons uh, from the books. And we're going to go through them kind of like how we would add bits to them to make them more memorable. So we're kind of taking the base stat blocks and then adding additional shit onto it. Fizzmans, yes. if you are listening to this and you don't have Fizzbands, you should probably go out and get it. There's a lot of really good shit in it. For every kind of, of main dragon, so not like a Hydra or anything like that, but like like a green dragon, topaz dragon, you know, gold dragon, whatever. Yeah. They all have layers. They all have connections. They all have more layer actions. They all have uh, more regional effects. Uh, a lot of the chromatic and metallics get spells added to them as well. A lot of the um, gem dragons have a bunch of bonus actions that they can use. There's a lot of really good shit in here. But if we jump over to page 34, we're going to see that there's a section called Customizing Dragons. This is right after the area where you're supposed to name them. So yes. Customizing Dragons is a little bit of a no-brainer to me. Um, but I want to, like, the, the options that they give me are things that I'm just going to give anyway based on my needs. None of yeah. this actually shocked me. But I want to just bring up, you should always remember that adding most of this is going to change the CR, right? Yes. Yeah. So there's I, something. I, I definitely noticed that when I added flyby, especially yes. to a dragon. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, there's a lot of stuff here that's like role-playing side of stuff, which doesn't add to the CR, but makes them a more interesting world level threat. But there are some bits that are clearly meant to make it a more difficult fight. And when that happens, you need to think about either adding additional members to the party in the way of sidekicks and mercenaries, or you should be, be waiting till they're a little bit higher level or be handing up magic items or something. Because this could get imbalanced relatively quickly. And well, let, let's get into it. You'll see when it comes along. So the first one that they list out is languages. And essentially, yeah. they like to speak Draconic, but they will pick up other languages. These things, like even the the white dragon, which is, I think, the dumbest of all dragons, is still a it smart is, yeah. person, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so it's going to know multiple languages. Um, and adding to that doesn't make it scarier from a combat perspective. This won't affect CR. Uh, I have no problem making every dragon know every language. Because if the party like walks up into the lair and they're speaking giant, dragons should speak giant. Giants are their mortal enemies, and dragons live for a long time. If yeah, it's exactly. if it's abyssal, like <laughs> they will have slain fiends in the past and be like, "Oh, what's that shit about?" And then done their yeah. research. Like, they're smart. They hoard things. They will learn. Right. Then how, it says how funny. <laughs> a dragon that hoards languages to learn. <laughs> I love that. There are a couple of dragons that are just like, we want knowledge. And that's all that we want is all of this knowledge. And I'm like, if you are hoarding knowledge and like magical knowledge and stuff as well, yeah, you will pick up languages. The only languages I don't give dragons, they shouldn't be able to speak in Thieves' Cant, but they should be able to see it. They won't necessarily know Druidic unless they're like green or, you know, they're in the forest and they're around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have that bent to them. Like, I think I think fairy dragons would definitely have, like, they would know Druidic. And yeah. then um, 
Not deep speech, because deep speech is aberrations. Like, I assume that all gem dragons would know it just because they're kind of like multiverse. Yeah, exactly. However, there's a language that nobody really talks about in 5th edition called dark speech. And that is the speech of, like, the great old ones. It is the big, Ooh. scary, most evil, most, like, prehistory. Um, the, this language, to even utter it, is to curse everyone who hears it, right? They probably don't know Sweet. that unless they're going to be some sort of great worm. So, um, I, I haven't even heard of that. That's interesting. It's mentioned, I don't remember where, it's mentioned in one book in 5th edition, oh. and other than that, you have to go into previous editions to even find reference to it, so. Oh, you know what? That That's fair. I'm, I have, I don't, I definitely don't have every book, and I've probably not played 3.5 long enough to understand or know what it is. I, I, it popped up in, in, like, some of the later Monster Manuals, and then in some of the Splat books, so, like, you're, I think it was in Monster Manual 3 we got a reference of, of Dark Speech. Mm. It's... So, so you know, in just total sidebar, you know, in standard horror, when you end up with like a possession movie with demons and devils and stuff, we normally yeah. put the Catholic Church up against them, right? And of then course. you would just have people speaking in Latin, and it feels darker and creepier. Like it's just a language; it just feels scary. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what dark speech is supposed to imbue that sense. Mm, so, I see. So, anyway, the. The idea is that only the it, like this is where the forbidden knowledge of the universe comes in. This is the the super powerful like you know in um, in Lord of the Rings we've got um, the Maiar which are Gandalf's race right they're kind of yeah, just like, yeah yeah like super angels they're not humans and wizards they're just like super angels and then the yeah. the Balrog was the the polar opposite of it right and so it's just yeah, yeah, big, yeah. like demonic side of it so we're watching an angel and a demon fight during that big epic Mines Moria section, right? Yeah. The things that created the Balrog speak dark speech, right? Like right, yeah. So that's yeah, that that's kind of where we're coming from. I don't think that dragons are gonna are gonna know that, but honestly, slap languages on your dragons. You, you, you'll be just fine. No one's gonna raise an eyebrow at you. Yeah. Especially um, on like the, the conniving ones, like the green. The green yes. is like infiltration type stuff. Man. Yeah. As long as it makes just a just a little bit of sense. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then it says add skill proficiencies and make sure that you can add the bonus to this so that they can do more excellent tool proficiencies here. Who gives a shit? <laughs> My dragons just do stuff. I am not rolling skill proficiencies. For a for a polymorphed dragon to be able to read a text, no, I'm not, giving, I'm not making them do a history <laughs> check. They're gonna fucking do it. They're a dragon, right? So yeah. odds are they've been alive for a thousand years. They 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 were there when this happened. So <laughs> even even wormlings, if I'm gonna roll for this, I'm just gonna give them like they they all have expertise on everything. They're fucking dragons. If yeah, they're good enough to be in the title of the game. Give them the skill proficiency. <laughs> this is a no brainer. <laughs> Um, the same thing for spells. Yeah, you can give them spells. I give them tier appropriate spells. Yeah, as long as it makes sense in the world. Sometimes I'll <laughs> give them a, a spell that's outside of their normal capability, like it's a wormling that has access to a seventh level spell, just so that I can get that off once in a combat and make this one really, really unique and scary because they were imbued with this magic or they had access to this scroll and studied it for three weeks, like. We get to break the rules with dragons, but for the most part, yeah. when it comes to spells, I keep it tier appropriate. 
I think about yeah. at what level would a wizard learn this spell and what is the CR of the dragon? If it kind of lines up, yeah, they, they can have access to it. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. I definitely didn't do that the last time I did a <laughs> Um, Look, and, but, but again, okay, to be fair, in my defense, yeah. it was a planned encounter. They weren't supposed to fight the dragon given it was an ancient one and they were like level three. They were supposed to run away. Mm -hmm. It worked, but like... I, yeah. <laughs> if I if I can be honest, the thing that I do with spells is I look at do I want this effect to happen early in combat, and if so, they'll lead with it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's going to scare everybody because it's just essentially, for all intents and purposes, a second breath weapon. Because I'll put it on a recharge of six or five or six or something, right? They can get this oh. this big ass spell off again, maybe in the fourth or fifth round, right? So. That makes it extra scary. Now, me as a DM, I will just keep chaining sixes by accident, and then. <laughs> but uh, but I, I just love the idea of of giving spells to dragons. Oh, and they're already magical; they don't need spell components. I'll have yeah, exactly the, yeah. the verbal and somatic uh, be a part of it. Sure, absolutely, but the somatic is going to be different. Like they're going to wiggle their long body in a certain way and then cast finger of death out of their snout right like yeah i i've done a green dragon with Cor of cold and i just described it as the the energy from the dragon seems bluer or whiter yeah as she rears back because she's not they're not going to cast Cor of cold out of their hands that's gonna it's gonna come from their mouth it's just like you said it's another breath attack and this is this is where people start to get confused about dragons is they want to give them spells but like how do they how do they use a spell pouch and like they don't they don't need wands <laughs> they don't need scrolls they just they are magical creatures they are inherently tied yeah. not just to the universe or to the weave but to the multiverse so yeah, they have exactly. access to shit they uh, are the spell casting focus it says underneath spells um in fizzbands there's other traits and actions it says you can borrow traits and actions from other monsters to add unique flavor to a dragon. Yeah, yes, that is, first of all, that's what this episode is about. Second of all, this is something we harp on a lot on all the dragon episodes. And third of all, no kidding. <laughs> you want to have a proper, like, fight. Uh, you you bring your dragon out of the sky and you get into a, a low chamber or it's on the ground for whatever reason and you want to get into a proper fight, give it reckless. Give it, fight. <laughs> give it, give it, pack tactics with its minions there's no reason for you not to do this shit these are dragons and you think about the size of them and how much they have to eat they kill every day they are yeah. masters at it even the good guys the other traits that they try to give us are change shape i'm going to be honest with you i think that this should just be given to every dragon all the time anyway yeah um, they, they should have been a thing they all had just yeah. instinctively as long as dragon is in their name, I don't mean creature type. Again, wyverns and drakes shouldn't have this, right? That, those yeah. are creature type dragons. But if they are a green dragon, topaz dragon, solar dragon, whatever it is, they should be able to, to change shape. I'm going yeah. to take this a step further, and I'm going to say the gem dragons get it as a bonus action. Give it as a bonus action. Let them in the middle of combat blow their bonus action to change into an elven warrior and then get their attacks in. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do that, especially for adult and ancient dragons. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that that that's <stopped> you cold. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. Just that is 
fun. <laughs> um, the next one that they list is damage absorption. Again, if you're not already doing this, you're, you're kind of wrong. The idea here <laughs> is that it, 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 the example they give, it's a red or gold dragon is not only unharmed by fire damage, but they heal because of it. Yeah. I, I, my big, <laughs> big deal with this is ancients only. Ancients may be adults only um, for that healing, and maybe they heal up half. Yeah. I I I don't run into I I've I, I have the same rule. I haven't run into uh the actual healing factor because my players are smart enough to know that no, this is a red and a gold. And they and the characters did research. Don't use fire against those two dragons. I look at it like this. They can they should only be able to heal half as many hit points as yeah. normal as well. Um like I love the idea. Like the idea that you are going to heal up. You hit a red dragon with fire, you're an idiot. You hit a white dragon <laughs> with cold, you deserve what's coming to you. But yeah, it should exactly. only be half, because otherwise the red dragon will dive into the pool of lava and heal up. And there's no yeah. way not to do that, right? So yeah, exactly. So they should only be able to heal half as much. Um, and uh, and then maybe again, it they've got to recharge that uh, on a five or six, or they can only do it three times per short rest or something, right? Otherwise, yeah, exactly. they're essentially unkillable if they're in their preferred environment. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't go great for the players. <laughs> no. No, it, it would not. Like, epic, but that's like level 20 kind of bullshit, right? So, level 20 with like 15 magic magic weapons type of mm-hmm. yeah. carfuckery. Um, the next one on the list is flyby. So the idea here is that uh, I love that it points you to the periton in the monster manual for the, for the <laughs> explanation of what flyby is. It's very simple. Does not occur or incur opportunity attacks. That's it. When they I, come by and hit you, they can leave and you don't get to hit them back. I think that's rad. I think that's phenomenal. I'm going to say Every dragon should be able to do this right off the bat anyway because they're freaking dragons. But that's just yeah, I yeah, I I like I like that idea because I like being a cruel DM. Well, I'm uh... going to say actually hold on. <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to say um young dragons and above should get it. I'm not sure wormlings are going to have flyby. Yeah, I I I have so far done it with dragons that I think specialized in certain areas i've given this to like a white dragon because he's a hunter and he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. a green dragon because he's they are smart enough they're conniving like a red dragon i could see it do with the red dragon but the red dragon is not going to leave he's just going to kill you as fast as he can anyway i don't see a red dragon leaving for example Look, a red dragon is never going to come down to hit you. A red dragon is going to stay its breath weapon distance away from you, above you, and just rain yeah, hellfire down. So, that's like, true. So you have to think about this: the level of strategist. When it comes to, like, bronze dragons and blue dragons, they're not going to yeah. get into it with you. I'd give them flyby, but we'll probably never see it. They're, yeah, exactly. They're warmongering, super fighty dragons, but they've got better tactics. Uh, the, yeah. next one, <laughs> the next one on the list is mimicry. Um, and again, they're just like, see the Kenku. And I'm like, this one is really weird. I don't hate it, though. Uh, but I only want it <laughs> for it. some dragons. Green, yeah. black, all of the gem dragons. This is fun. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I've used Mimicry before. I, I, uh, when I used Mimicry, I used, I used a Wendigo because that's... because. Yeah, nice. Of course. I, yeah. I'm looking at, in the background, my broken Wendigo figure, sadly. Um, 
Aww. it's uh, yeah it's sad but um mimicry is a lot of fun when your players don't know what's going on i have had <laughs> i use mimicry a lot but my players are just very suspicious of any voice that they cannot <laughs> see the, the <laughs> origin of because i use the soros sworn and I, if you go back and listen to the soros sworn episode oh yeah <laughs> all, all of my all of my soros one are like in the shadows trying to get you to come here Either they're <laughs> making baby noises to cry or the little children calling out for help or they're, they're someone who, like, they're always lying. But then on top of that, you've got what the Lakrota, which is um, that hyena with the man's face. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And deer hooves instead of paws, right? Exactly. And, it, and it looks like it moves, the tracks are backwards because its feet are the, are the wrong way. And this thing's calling out for the, like, there's so much weirdness that's that's out there doing the mimicry. Yeah, I will never, ever, ever get a chance to effectively use this. Um, <laughs> my, unless I like, they're traveling with an NPC. The NPC gets up in the middle of the night or is on watch or whatnot. And one of them wakes up to the NPC's voice calling out from the darkness going, hey, don't move. There's something here. Come to me. And then they'll sneak over to them and then get ambushed by it, whatever. Right. But like, yeah, I'm exactly. really going to have to bend over backwards for mimicry. However, if your players aren't expecting it, put that shit on a dragon. That's yeah. Especially because they should be able to do this because their voices will change when they change shape. Exactly. Exactly. So it's already there. Um, yeah. The next one is rejuvenation. I Yeah. Yep. Yeah, slap this on dragons. I don't hate this at all. This is when you want to drag out the fight a little bit more when your guys are punching outside their weight class. Yeah. Let, let's have oh. this go a little bit longer so that they can continuously heal up the details in the uh, in the description are a dragon's life essence might be preserved in the egg from which it first emerged uh in its hoard or in a cavernous hall to center of the world um but the idea here is that they are essentially almost impossible to destroy um because they will come back sure absolutely especially ancient dragons they should be able to unlock this your your great worms already have this hard baked in the idea of resurrection yeah exactly so i would even take this a step further and give them proper rejuvenation where they can heal a certain amount of hit points per round i mean yeah i mean the, the first thing i thought about when uh, the other traits and actions you could borrow traits from other monsters i thought of the troll just fuck it just yep just give him a just give him passive healing like why not it's a fucking dragon <laughs> Pretty much. I love the idea, too, of if your players are doing, like, cold shots, like, I want to take the wing off or chop off its tail or whatnot, and they yeah. go do that, and then they can watch in real time as it takes, you know, three rounds for that shit to grow back over, like, 20 Yeah. Seconds, right? I have leopard geckos. I love my leopard geckos, and they all still have their original tails. When I first got <laughs> them, I, I was fascinated by watching videos of leopard geckos who would drop their tails. And I mean, these poor creatures, this is like, it's horrible when this happens. But they essentially drop their tail, and it moves in like uh, by itself and wiggles like a worm while they scamper away yeah. to try to distract the predator, right? Um, and then they grow back a new tail, and they the new tails grow. They always grow back weird and lopsided and too smooth, <laughs> and they grow back wrong. Put that on a dragon that that's got like really smooth wings for some reason, or like one of its a, a blue dragon, but one of its limbs is just a lighter shade of blue because it got <laughs> lopped off and it regenerated that that leg. 
yeah, it's <laughs> this is ancient dragon it has like all of the dark colorings. Then it just grows a bright blue because because the it just thinks it's a wormling, but it's the size of an ancient. Yeah, yeah, the, the scales have not <laughs> have not matured yet. So, um, <laughs> like, it's like one of my videos goes, now. <laughs> It's like C-3PO's different colored leg, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the next one is special senses. Most dragons have blind sight and dark vision, but, you know, you can upgrade this if you want, right? Uh, sure, tremor yeah. sense, web sense. I'm going to go a little step further than that. There's no reason why I can't give my white, my white great worm has infrared vision to be able to see heat moving through the tundra. Oh, shit. That's cool as fuck. So, so what have I not thought of that? Think about I that. Use if, all the time. if it's aquatic, do they sense blood in the water like a shark does? Oh, wow. Uh, wow. So I just start looking around to clearly web sense is inspired by spiders. We should be looking oh, yeah. around to the rest of animals out there and how do they know where to go? Like I would say, like, not that this will ever come up in a game, but I think that dragons just have like a the reason that they like hoard gold um, is they've got some sort of, you know, how birds have that like magnetic pole in their head where they. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If there's just enough metal in any given area, dragons know, oh, that one, there's a big, there's a big section over there. That's my hoard. And then nearby, a few miles away, there's another section. That's the castle because there's a bunch of metal in there. <laughs> right. And they should just be able to like sense that shit. Right, so they're going to know where your paladin is over your rogue, right? So, that's, um, that's and then cool. the last one, that's pretty cool. The last one is tunneler. Um, yeah, I'll give I'll give a burrowing speed. You want to know what else I'll give? A teleportation mm -hmm. speed, right? Yeah, like exactly. Sixty feet is a bonus action. Just every dragon above a certain level, especially if they're uh, if they're changing shape, they should be able to misty step. I love that. Yeah, one hundred percent. That just seems so logical somehow they like like we've like in every single episode of the dragons these are magical creatures mm -hmm. so um, now with fisbins they are tied to the multiverse like there's no reason why they can't do whatever the fuck they want the other thing i want to point out is that change shape stop making them humans <laughs> yeah <laughs> Make him, make him a salmon because he's running away. <laughs> well, hold on. Which one is it? There's one that is it the bronze dragon? I think that's just gonna like turn into dolphins and like hang out with other sea creatures. I think that was bronze, the bronze yeah. one, if I remember correctly, because he's more aquatic. The brass is more hills and stuff. Yeah, there you go. So, um, and then no, the uh, brass is desert, copper is hills. Yeah. These fucking hell, these metals, man. Uh, the it's so funny. <laughs> For for some reason, the brass, copper, and bronze, their details are lost to me. I don't remember their layer <laughs> actions. I don't really, like. I'll know the personality types, but yeah. where do they hang out? No idea. Right. I can so. remember the the bronze because I, that one I like bronze, and I painted a bronze figure, which I'm really proud of. I, That's why I can remember it. I am uh, desperate to use metallic dragons more in my campaigns, but. Um, I oh, find that I, really hard to do without doing a dragon campaign. So yeah, uh, I mean, okay, in I've I've done dragon camp. I do mostly dragon campaigns because I fucking love dragons. But I have barely gotten to use metallics. It's it's, it's difficult even with metallics, like yeah. in a dragon campaign. So the next thing that I want to bring up really quickly, and I just think <laughs> that that this should be it. Here's my go to on every single dragon. 
I have two things before anything else that I do. Sorry, three things. So the first one is I'll give them an aura. The breath weapons all do a certain kind of damage. Give them an aura, 5, 10, 15, 20 feet, depending on how old they are. And then 1d6, 3d6, 5d6, or 7d6, you know, depending on on how old they are, right? Um, 7d6 is intense for ancients, especially with a 20-foot aura. But yeah, they're dragons. You should be hurting. Um, yeah, I with auras. I have done this, uh, and I've I've even described because the aura shouldn't just be a thing. I think that there should be an obvious aura around them. With the, for example, because I just have the white dragon in front of me, um, I I have written descriptions. So excuse the fact that it's probably horrible because English is not my first language. Leave me alone. Um, an icy fog surrounds her as she cannot contain the freezing temperature that flows from her. Yeah, that's that is perfect. You should be able to kind of see that the air around a red dragon is doing that it's, wavy heat. Yeah, right? it's like, it's yeah, that scorching like mm-hmm. in every single Africa documentary ever. Exactly. Every time that they walk by, if a blue dragon or a silver dragon is a silver, no bronze. If they walk yeah. by um, uh, metal things, the metal should have little lightning arcs. Yeah. And just like a, it's not harmful. It's not setting fires. It just looks like you've got all of those, um, like, uh, shit, what are they called now? The Tesla coils, right? So Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like they walk past a metal pot or a kettle or something. And within the handle, right, you you see little sparks and stuff or the, or the yeah. little arcs. The other thing that I'll give, the second thing is uh, Frightful Presence sucks in 5th edition. So, Oh yeah, <laughs> it fucking sucks. So my big thing about it is uh, we need to remove the repeated saves at the end of, of every round and make it uh, at the end of every minute. Oh, fuck. You okay. can, remember, you can still attack. You just can't get closer. So this forces you yeah. to power and use your your um weapons i would also change it to be like you cannot get any closer to the dragon than the range you are currently so if it moves 10 feet away you can move 10 feet closer to it but if it moves 10 feet towards you you've got to back up 10 feet so it's like a proximity that's shifting because that's how it would work in real life if i see something that scares the shit out of me if there's and okay here's an example i live in canada i have been walking home late at night and seen a fucking bear and that bear <laughs> is on the other side of the road and it is walking in the same direction that i am i still need to go home i'm going to keep my distance from it but when it turns around and crosses the street and comes back toward me i will then cross the street to the other side and back the fuck up i'm not getting closer to this thing right? yeah exactly so um that is exactly how I think that you should be running it with dragons. The next thing that I like to do with it is I make it so that the frightful presence lasts um, for one round for wormlings because they're not that scary. So yeah. if you fail, that's well, it. it. It only lasts a round. For young, it lasts three rounds. For adult, it lasts six rounds. And for ancient, it lasts a minute. You have to re-roll every minute when you realize, oh, shit, I'm still fighting a dragon. Now, for Wormlings, you're probably not going to get 10 rounds of combat in with this thing. But when it no. flies away and comes back three minutes later, you've got to re-roll on this. It's still a dragon, right? So, right, yeah. But with an Ancient, if you fail, you've got to re-roll again in a minute. Like, you can't re-roll that shit. You are scared for the whole minute, 
right? And so that makes yeah. Frightful Presence just a little bit more Frightful. intense. Yeah, and like it makes it more realistic in my opinion. And the, sorry, it was uh, the auras, the Frightful Presence, and um, oh, and I always give them an Intimidate. They should have an Intimidation as a legendary action that costs one action. Right. Um, and yeah. that can that can trigger another frightful presence for one round. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, okay. So gotcha, 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 gotcha. and uh, in my on my notes, it's just called roar. <laughs> so uh, I, do you need a better name than that? I don't think you really do. <laughs> not real. Not look. All of the legendary actions are just like an afterthought in fifth edition. <laughs> so I don't put too much yeah. effort into like renaming stuff, especially when I'm, I'm the only one that'll ever see it. So, yeah, but exactly. Dra- you're you're not Dra- going to <laughs> sorry dragons roar and people yeah, scatter when that happens right. and that's you're absolutely no, right no one is that block so um so let's uh let's jump into the actual dragons themselves now i was talking to you way before we ever sat down to record this and i said hey look come up with five dragons give me a chromatic metallic gem um yes. and then like a corrupted or something like an evil evil dragon and then just yes. like a wild card right so yeah. let's go through them one at a time. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to do is address them kind of all in the same manner where what we're going to do is keep stacking these powers on top of, of the dragon. So while yeah. a, a wormling gets, for example, this one ability, a young will get this ability and another, right? Yeah. And so it will continue to grow and grow and grow to make these things far scarier. You will see pretty quickly that we are going to just start jacking up the CR on this because it's all supposed to be in initiative kind of of powers here that we're working with, because honestly, that's what we want. If they're going to roll legend lore, you know, for a, or they're going to cast that spell, that's all well and good, but that's not really making our dragon any bit more unique mechanically. Every dragon has a really long, unique name and a really long, unique history and should have a strong personality. And we can do an episode on that if people want. But like, honestly, it's these mechanics that that are going to make it stand out to a lot of the players, right? Yeah. So, uh, the first one that we came up with was white dragons. So, Indeed. I yeah. So you can go back and listen to the white dragon episode as well as the uh, episode on um, Fizban's chromatic updates. If you don't want to go scrolling through your um, podcast history, go to YouTube and just jump into our dragons playlist and you'll be able to find all these things. Um, These episodes exist there where we kind of touch on what these updates were for each one of the chromatics, as well as what the base one is. So there's a whole episode on white dragons and so on. Um, But really quickly, just a reminder. Yes. They get a whole bunch of different connections. They get a whole bunch of different layer actions and layer actions and regional effects only uh, affect adult and ancient dragons. I like to have the regional effects be a little bit more subtle and a little less power, but still be there for young dragons as well, right? Oh, yeah. Just so that you can see a slow buildup. Um, but we also get a couple of spells. For white dragons, they get Gust of Wind and Ice Storm, depending on what level they're at. And that's fine. I was actually looking at Ice Storm as a, as a power, um, and I'm like, yeah, this... This feels good for an ancient dragon to just have uh, anyway. So I like the fact that they that they gave that out um, automatically. That would be the cold spell that I would have looked at. When it comes yeah. to the special powers and stuff, I was like, the damage absorption, like all that stuff about healing from cold, that should make perfect sense. Yeah. Right? So especially for the chromatic dragons, 
the elements are a big factor of who they are. It's less so yeah. for the metallic and the, the gem, but the chromatics are very much tied to their environment. So it makes exactly. sense that they would be able to do damage absorption. And then um, I also wanted to give them special senses. They should have tremor sense. They're burrowers, right? And they're in the yeah. ice. They should have tremor sense for like 60 feet. 100%. And then I was thinking they should have blind sense for 120 feet. If they're submerged, they should just know that there are creatures in the water that are splashing about. So if you're yeah. in the water, they can sense you within 120 feet, even if they can't see you. So then we, I break it down. We're going to do this kind of same format for all the different dragons in this episode. We broke it down by egg, wormling, young, adult, and ancient. Egg, for me, is interesting because eggs don't have actions. So, but dragon eggs are so special. They're so powerful. They're already imbued with magic. So how do we say this is special? There's a difference between this and uh, a sea serpent egg, for example for example, right? Or a... Yeah, exactly. Like a dinosaur egg. So I think that every egg needs some kind of defense mechanism to be able to have the dragon last longer. And it should be a magical defense system. So, for example, with the white dragon egg, I said, give it a cold aura. That makes perfect sense. 10-foot cold aura, and it's a con save against uh, 2d6 cold damage every round. This will discourage people from getting close to it. Yeah. So... 100%, 100%, yeah. Uh, it's also going to be when you walk in and see a, like a dragon egg sitting there and five feet away is a frozen solid cobalt corpse. Yeah, I think just added on top of that, you know, uh, like dry ice should have that kind of aura to it as well. Like that shit looks cold. Yes, it should be with like reverse smoke. I don't know how else. Yeah. To, like the vapor <laughs> should be coming off of it, right? So Yeah. Um. But uh, but that's kind of where I'm thinking for for a white dragon egg. And again, it's the same thing. It should be an aura of lightning damage where it's just arcing off little lightning arcs for a blue dragon yeah. or surrounded by a poison cloud for a green dragon. That kind of shit for all of the chromatics. That just kind yeah. of makes sense. Oozes acid if it's black and yeah. red. It It's just hot. It's just really fucking hot. Yeah, you're taking fire damage if you get too yeah. close. Um, for... The wormling, okay, so the egg stuff doesn't stack with the next level. That's the only thing that doesn't because the egg itself, even when it hatches, should still, like, I like the idea of the shells still being able to give this off for, like, 2d10 days, right? Yeah, I I agree. I think it's the the egg itself that is also magical. It's not magical because there's a wormling inside. The multiverse is spawning a new super hyper magical creature. So it's yeah. going to have this protective shell around it until they've gestated enough to hatch. Makes sense to me. But let's jump into Wormling. I think this was really straightforward for Wormling. The breath weapon slows targets by 10 feet until the end of the next turn. It's the same thing as the Ray of Frost. The The fact that it has yeah. a breath weapon that doesn't, doesn't already slow people down is weird. And that should just continue to stack over and over and over again. I might add five feet for every age level up that we go, right? Yeah. For young white dragons so white dragons are special because they're the ones that want to get on the ground and fight they're the ones that want to hunt they're the ones that are there for the yeah so i wanted to give them advantage on grappling because they also tunnel and swim i also wanted to give them the beast sense spell so they know where beasts are within a certain radius so this is going to help them with their hunt and it also is going to let them drag creatures up into the air down into the water or under the ice and snow yeah 
That's that right there makes them now ambush creatures, and that makes a dragon scarier. I mean, I, I won't lie. If you weren't doing a white as an ambush predator already, you were doing it wrong. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, but I really wanted to lean into that. Yeah, Again, I sorry, I wholeheartedly agree. Now, I also wanted to lean into the fact that these guys are they don't just hunt every day, they get into combat every day. And they are going to have the perfected tactics for fighting. The other thing is, of all of the dragons, these ones are the ones that go toe-to-toe with giants way more than anybody else does. Yeah, exactly. And not just base-level giants, frost giants. Frost giants are no slouch, right? So that's no. a that's no. a big deal. As a matter of fact, in some of the um, books, we have frost giants have tamed young white dragons. And I'm like... Yeah, I think it's... I think it was in the Monster Manual, if I remember correctly. It's not just there. Like, you see it in... I mean, yeah, of course. In, I think, it, was it Rhyme of the Frost Maiden or was it Tyranny of Dragons? Like, there's... <sighs> or Storm oh, King Thunder. Like, it's around. It's in lots of places. Yeah. It's a long time um, since I read uh, uh, Frost Maiden. I have to look into that again. The uh, So what I want to do for an adult dragon, because they've... They're familiar enough at this point with hunting, killing, evading, avoiding, and terrorizing bipeds and humanoids. So even giants, I consider that. I wanted to give them a wing block. They can use a legendary action, it costs one, to raise its AC by three. Oh, interesting. That's fun. Yeah. A lot Why of isn't the... that a base thing? That seems like such a logical thing for a dragon to do. Yep, but especially for a dragon that's going to land and fight you, right? Yeah, I'm, exactly. I don't think a green dragon would necessarily have this be a plus three. It might have it be a plus one or plus two because yeah. they're, they're never going to get in combat with you, right? They're going to hit yeah. you with a breath weapon, fuck off, and then scheme to have assassins take you out in the middle of the night, right? Like, that's that's their whole shtick. But a white dragon will be in it with you. I'd also yeah. give this to a bronze and the fightier dragons right so yeah, yeah, yeah and then for an ancient i said for a successful bite or breath weapon should force a con save or be paralyzed until the end of your next turn you have frozen solid if they get an attack in with their mouth so bite or breath yeah wow that yeah you know what that makes a lot of sense now because you are going toe-to-toe with something that is beyond sub-zero yeah, and I mean this is this is ancient dragon, so the con saves will be made by a lot of the the players, right? But yeah, it's going to yeah. wipe out a lot of the minions and and hirelings, um, at least for a round. It's gonna you're gonna have a little bit more battlefield control. Also, the breath weapon recharges, so you're going to be able to hit six people the first round, and yeah. then one person at a time with the bite after that with your multi attack because you can only bite yeah. once per turn. So like maybe with a legendary action you can get it off a couple more times, but you're suffering in the action economy so that's powerful but only in the first round and it's real scary it's not going to totally change the seven rounds of combat against a dragon right so yeah what are your thoughts on a white dragon the white uh i honestly think white probably has to be my second favorite dragon uh mostly because of its just of its simplicity it feels feels mean to say it but it is just such a simple creature it is just living to live. You, there's you no, also, there's nothing more to it. You're, uh, you're leaning into the stereotype of living in Iceland and liking a white dragon. Yeah, okay, a little bit, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
We didn't have to say it, but okay. Well, hey, look, I'm in I'm in Canada. We like white dragons too. <laughs> so um true. I think I think Canada gets a little colder than Iceland, especially in the most northern parts. But overall, I'm more north than you, so that's it's a fair thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, the the changes here, um, adding a cold ore to the egg, the breath weapon slowing by 10 feet until the end of the next turn, um, advantage on grappling. Uh, the wing block, the paralyzing for an ancient dragon, all of this stuff stacking up as it goes. How do you feel about that? Does it feel unique? Does it feel epic? Or are we still just, you know, ho-hum who gives a crap? I think it definitely adds to the dragon. It's not just like a dragon that you have to now, like, you know, if you're going to grapple it, you would do it on basically equal terms to let's say a barbarian because they have sim- they would have similar strength but now you're having an advantage on it uh sure your barbarian is always going to have an advantage on resisting it but that's still way more chance for the dragon itself to get a successful crown mm-hmm. so yeah or the aura of the egg that's just that's just funny honestly like I love dragon eggs, and and it's a crime that we don't get enough cool shit about. Them. I agree. I think the the first time you ever mentioned that, I just couldn't couldn't have agreed more. That like, I hadn't thought about it until you mentioned the first dragon episode I listened to. I was like, yeah, wow, he's absolutely right. There is nothing about dragon eggs in, this, in all of these fucking books that have been published. <laughs> Um, yeah, we get a little bit of it, a little bit of it with, with <laughs> yeah. fans, but, but not enough. And there's mentions of like, oh, there's dragon eggs over here in a couple of the adventures and that's it. They're just like <laughs> items. And I'm like, you guys suck. You just suck. Let's, <laughs> let's do better with dragon eggs. So it's very clear that when I'm sitting here and doing my, my designing, my, my beefing up of a dragon, I'm looking at the environment, the damage type, how can I beef up the breath weapon? How can I beef up the presence of the the creature itself? And how can I lean into the tactics that are spoken about in the lore, in the paragraphs? Not in the stat block, but in in the like, oh, they're good hunters. That's not apparent in the White Dragon stat block. Yeah, exactly. How can we reflect that? And so you're going to see this over and over again as we continue this episode. These are kind of where I'm coming from when it comes to redesigning which means if i'm looking at the environment and uh auras and how they're affecting things around them i need to build my lair or if that egg got stolen and it's sitting in the back of a cart somewhere what is happening to that cart yeah like the i you would see i don't know what you call it in english but frost roses like you get the frost on the windows yeah 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 yeah. stuff what do you call that in english actually i've never actually had to think about that (laughs) no one had like that's there's not really a term for it. People just recognize oh. that it's frosted over windows, right? So. Yeah, that's fair. I think in Icelandic, we call it frost roses. I love that. I think it's kind of beautiful and really it, thematic yeah. and, and very accurate. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at it, it looks really, really pretty, but then yeah. you think about it, ah, it's because it's fucking freezing outside. <laughs> um but yeah so, like uh to on top of the frost roses if if your wormling is out of his environment that is now or or any of these like any ages out of his environment the ground should be freezing beneath them i was thinking all I was thinking times if you take a black dragon egg and put it in a cart it should melt through the bottom of the cart within yeah. a, a kilometer 
right? Yeah, you so, put a red dragon egg in a cart, it's gonna fucking burn. So how do you actually transport them, right? And so that's the kind of like, well, you have your mage hand up and you've got seven, seven, you know, mages sitting there with a mage hand, each one holding five pounds of a 45 pound or 35 pound <laughs> egg, right? And so they're all yeah. like carrying this thing walking out because otherwise it's going to burn or melt or electrify the surroundings and, and you're not going to be able to move it, right? So, yeah, I um, mean, my immediate thought was lead, just put them in a lead fucking box. Lead oh. seems to be fixing every single fucking problem in DD. Uh, my thought is uh, make yourself an iron golem, yeah, or that. So um, let's move on to the next one. We've mentioned this one a couple of times already. Um, I guess it's just fresh in our mind is the bronze dragon. Now in the episode that we did before, we really leaned into the fact that they love warfare and they're combatants. They're going oh, yeah. to be fighty. And so I've done something a little bit later in this one that that's going to be, you're going to like raise your eyebrows at, but okay. I think it's a lot of fun, <laughs> but it's only a couple of lines in the lore, but there's so little fucking lore on bronze dragons in the first place. They pop yeah. up all over the place in the modules and we just get like, yeah, they're kind of aquatic and they like dolphins and they also love warfare, but they're like, they'll team up with allies and they're good friends. And I'm like, okay, but like get into the warfare bit. So we leaned into it hard at, in our oh. bronze dragon episode and I'm, leapfrogging on that one so i'm gonna yeah now now that you mentioned it there is like almost a whole page about white dragon lore and then half of a page about bronze bronze is one of the least support well the metallics are not as supported as the chromatics right and i get it like i say this about the celestials too you spend more time dealing with the enemies than you do with the allies and dnd yeah exactly there you go so in Fizzbands, they're given beast sense because they're all about animals and what's around them. Detect thoughts, speak with animals, control water, and then heroes feast. And I mean, they don't have it all at the very base. Like, it, it evolves as, as they get older. Um, yeah. Honestly, the big thing I'm going to give them, if they should be relying on chain shape all of the time, but flyby. Flyby is by far the clear, obvious winner on this. Yeah, one. 100%. Okay, so I, I fuck with this a little bit. My players haven't figured this out yet because they don't pay attention to my action economy. They're too stressed out about theirs. <laughs> On my special creatures, I give them additional reactions. So if it's a boss or if it's mm -hmm. a super hyped up version of a creature or they're supposed to be super, super fast, I give them additional reactions. They get more right, opportunity yeah. attacks. They get to parry more often. They get to do just more stuff when it's not their turn. It's not legendary actions. It's just one very simple thing that they can do. For the yeah. egg, I want to give it hyper-awareness. So it's not that they get hyper-awareness, not the egg itself, but it is vaguely aware of the creatures around it. And the and because it has beast sense, speak with animals, heroes feast, I wanted it to have a passive buff. So every creature, every creature within 10 feet of the egg gets an additional reaction. And this is a defense mechanism because people... Oh the bronze dragon who's very social and who wants and who's is all about their allies and is also all about warfare right yeah wow so that's cool i love that's, the idea yeah. of, of there being a couple of bronze dragonborn that are seeing they're just guards they're overseeing this egg the the ancient dragon or the adult dragon that birthed the egg or laid the egg i guess said hey i need a couple of uh of guards full time so they sit there and they have additional reactions to be able to get opportunity attacks in to be able to parry to be able to shield um to be as protective as possible so yeah i don't understand why wormlings don't have tail attacks all dragons should 
but I really think that because the bronze dragon, they, they're the ones that had, I think, the repulsing breath, right? So they're kind of controlling the battlefield a little bit. Uh, um, I had it right. Yeah, they have the repulsion breath. Why doesn't the, why don't they have a tail attack that does one d eight bludgeoning damage at wormling level? That that's right, roughly where it should be, and then yeah. knock, knock their enemies prone on a successful hit. No save, just successful hit knocks you prone. It's yeah. a wormling. That's not too intense for for that. Um, it's going to be frustrating, and honestly, wormlings should be flying around and avoiding most of the time anyway. So yeah, one hundred percent. Um. For the young, I wanted to give them Thunder Step as a spell. <laughs> right? They're lightning based. They do lightning damage. So the idea of them just like bamfing in and doing a whole bunch of, of thunder damage really like that's very on brand when you look at what their lair actions are and what their what the stuff is they can do as a, as an ancient dragon. Um, I also wanted to give them the ability to be a siege monster. They should do double yeah. damage, right? Most dragons should in the first place, but especially, especially bronze dragons. Yeah, a, a dragon that, that collects siege machines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. So there is a lot of art about dragons that are up on their like hind legs, right? That are like yes. making themselves very, very tall. Uh, not so much in fifth edition, but just kind of in general, the idea of a dragon, like making itself very large. And in previous editions, if they had weird musculature, it's like the artist didn't know what they were dealing with. They'd never seen a lizard before. So they look like <laughs> ripped dudes with dragon heads and wings. And I'm like, this, <laughs> it's very strange. But if you look at the dragon art for adult and above dragons, they almost have fucking thumbs. Right, a lot of them times when they're grabbing on to a, a side of a castle or a rock, or just like the environment, they've got almost thumbs. So for a bronze dragon, for an adult, I wanted them to be able to hold giant weapons and shields, <laughs> so that these weapons are going to have double the reach and damage of the medium-sized versions, and uh, their shields are going to give a plus three to AC. And they're going to be able to rear up and become bipedal and just be able to literally walk around a fucking battlefield. <laughs> Honestly, that's fucking great. That's um, you're absolutely right. I just, I, I mean, I didn't even have to look far. I just looked at the wormling art in the monster manual and it right? looks like he has fucking thumbs. Yep. So let him grab shit, right? If he can, yeah, dude, he can grapple a sword. Here we yeah. are. Right. So, and the idea of him working with fire giants or whatnot, or maybe, you know, the fire giants don't like him. So he sends your party off to go get this massive sword that's like 30 feet long. And then your party's got to escort this 30 foot long sword back to the bronze <laughs> dragon so it can wield it. Or a shield that takes, you know, two massive carts to be able to wheel down the highway, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think that this that's really cool. It would be a part of their their primary horde. Um, and also for an adult dragon, I want to give them a fighting style. <laughs> oh, that's actually, yeah. <laughs> that's actually really fucking cool. Wow. Hold on. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with one level of more. For the ancient bronze dragon, they should have access to six superiority dice and the battlemaster maneuvers. They're all <laughs> about warfare. <laughs> No, I fucking love it. That's fucking fantastic. 
that's that's fucking great oh my god that uh, you're absolutely fucking right they are all about they're all about war like so jeez i'm i'm sitting there going they're they're fighty they're super fighty they're always in warfare all of the time and they're hyper intelligent who is the most intelligent of all of the fighters who's the most strategic the battle master i'm going to go there for inspiration right yeah. so uh, I mean, I think you guys said this in the literal bronze dragon episode. This is the paladin or the fighter dragon. Yep, yep. So look to that. I like. I'm gonna beef each one up with the ability to have uh, oath of devotion, oath of the ancients, oath of conquest yeah. powers. Right. I'm gonna give them a couple of paladin auras at adult or ancient. Right. If you don't like the battle master, look to the paladin. Because they're exactly they're very much about, but take a bronze dragon and let them fucking smite. That's what I'm saying. I've never said that, but that's, that's <laughs> fucking so bronze dragons. Do we like this this extrapolation? These add-ons <laughs> to, to the bronze. I, I fucking love this for the bronze dragon. I I <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Just just make them a fighter or a paladin. Which the other thing that I are, didn't basically I didn't really touch on that's in the lore is they're all about the aquatic and they really like nature and animals. And so giving them some druidic shit is not outside of the realm of possibility. Leaning into some of the ranger stuff, if it was good, would be a good yeah. idea. <laughs> right? so, so um I might look at the idea of <laughs> of uh clearly I'm gonna uh, beef up uh, animal handling, right? For yes. for a bronze dragon. So there are a bunch of this what I consider to be non combat role playing opportunities here. But when I'm leaning into the combat side of it, I wanted it to be um, all about battlefield control more than anything else. Which is why we're teleporting with thunderstep, knocking people prone, standing up, and getting additional reach with weapons or or using battle master maneuvers. That just makes sense to me for a these guys are almost like independent generals that may just show up one day and be like, hey, I'm here to help lead your army. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what they are. Uh, they are generals. Like, uh, um, I, I can't believe I remember this much from the episodes, but I think Terry uh, literally said this is like an old veteran general because yeah. the lair actions are, is a, is, <laughs> is a, is a smoke bomb and a flash and a flashback yeah uh, like it, the base the base ones i mean like the i don't the new ones are a little more exciting than that let me it's see pretty. where i have fizz bands open here um bronze dragon blue brass <laughs> um the layer features uh not features layer actions it's all ocean level stuff right yeah they conjure a swarm of spectral dolphins there's a salt burst, and then there's strong, overwhelming water that shows up, and like, sure, yeah. Okay. I mean, it fits with their lair, which is on the page over. There's a lot of water in the lair, so it, it makes sense. The other thing that I think that I would give for them for their lair is I would give them uh, water. Are you familiar with myrmidons? The um, myrmidons yes. were. I don't know if they're in the monster manual, but they were featured pretty heavily in Princes of the Apocalypse. And they're essentially kind of vaguely humanoid elementals that wear armor. 
yes, I do. I, I yes, I have actually faced these before, so I do know what these are. I would give them some water ones in their lair. That makes perfect yeah. sense to me. That they um, yeah, absolutely, them. absolutely. Um, any final thoughts before we move on to the next dragon? Not really. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit. Uh, I'm just a bit flabbergasted at the at just the genius of making them just have fighter stuff because I would have never have thought about that in a million fucking years. I, when it comes to homebrewing shit, I'm not joking. I own every single one of the books. Um, and the Patreon has beefed me up so that like, I do own every <laughs> one of the books at this point. So thank you to the Patreon listeners. Uh, but I, mean, so that I, uh, I can <laughs> sit down and I can look at, uh, at the shelf and go, what what do I need? I'm doing an aquatic um, an aquatic session coming up here. I'm gonna put a sea serpent in it, but I want it to be a little bit more beefy. I'm just gonna grab Ghost of Salt Marsh and Icewind Dale because I know that there's aquatic shit in there, and see yeah. what do these other monsters do, or what do the boss monsters, or you just start flipping through it, and you know you find a, a lieutenant that is has the stats of a veteran, except with these changes. And then I just start grabbing those changes and slapping it onto whatever my monster is. And it's, <laughs> it's interesting because I keep coming back to the fact that some of those books are quote unquote useless for that. Like the player's handbook, Tasha's and Xanathar's because yeah. there's, there's nothing monstery in there. It's all for players. And then I stopped one day and I'm like, Hey, you know what? There's all sorts of monstery shit in there because players are monsters. They're the real monsters it's, of D and D. That's so, very true. I, 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 as a player, have done countless war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I can be perfectly honest, if you have a cult leader and you are not stealing shit off of the warlock's um, features list, you're missing out on opportunities, right? Like, yeah, your cult leaders should be able to do a bunch of warlock shit instead or on top of what they're already doing, right? Um, and that's, that's a no-brainer for me. They kind of already reversed this once when they had um kraken priests show up and i want to say volos um and then they gave us years later the fathomless uh warlock and i'm sitting there going you guys did it backwards you, you give yeah. us fathomless warlock first and then we extrapolate a low powered only some of the features npc kraken priest right like I, I don't yeah, know they, why they did they it. Gave us, they gave us the patron before the playable class. Exactly, right? So anyway, let's uh, let's move on to the next one before I go off on a rant about <laughs> about fifth head design. Um, uh, who who doesn't go on a rant about fifth head every now and then? I want you to know. Okay, so I, the last one that I recorded, um, the last one of these I recorded with Robert. Did you have a chance to listen to that? We built a domain or drive. Uh, I... Did I, I started listening to it and then I uh, it was lost long. track? I mean, no, I, I love long episodes. I did start listening to it, then I had to do something, so I paused it. And because of my ADHD, I forgot about it. <laughs> we spend a good solid half hour just ripping on fifth edition before that episode even starts. Like, fantastic, yeah. That the first I'm gonna say six, the first sixth of that episode is uh, is Robert <laughs> just, just bashing some of the publications so. Um, I, I, yeah, I, got, actually, I I do remember that one. I think I laughed every every minute <laughs> or so when I was listening to that because I thought it was hilarious. Um, I love it when people hate on fifth edition. I I'm a big <laughs> fifth edition defender. If you come at me with but Pathfinder, I I will fight to to the ends of the earth. 
However, I, I, I'm going to have to agree with you there because I've played Pathfinder and it's not, it's not awful. It's not as awful as I first thought, but I'd rather play 3.5. I was having this conversation. I was hanging out with Dan last night, very, very briefly. And he was ranting and bitching about how uh, one of the guys he used to play D&D with um, has been pitching. We should do Pathfinder. Dan says no. And so they got into a, con- <laughs> like, like they got into a confrontation about it. And yeah, the guy yeah, yeah. said, you know, um, fifth edition is just stupid. And Dan's like, no, man, it just gives a different thing. Fifth edition is for storytellers. Pathfinder is for mechanics players, right? So yes. I said I wasn't going to go off on a rant about fifth edition design, but here we are. So, <laughs> so, as I was talking to him, I agreed with him. And I said, you know, I see online all the time people say that fifth edition is checkers and Pathfinder is chess. And I disagree with that. Pathfinder is chess, <laughs> sure, because you have very strict rules and it's how you use those creative rules, you know, to defeat your opponent. And yeah. and there is definitely the idea of opposition and like oppositional play and beating and winning encounters. But fifth edition is poker because you're playing the table. You're seeing what everybody else is doing around the table and you're playing off the players with half a mind on the mechanics of the game. Yes, exactly. It's very I mean, simple. I, <laughs> yes. But it can be very complex depending on who's at the table. Yeah, I I played a little bit of Pathfinder. I didn't like some of the, the overly mechanical things. Yeah. I then went to 3.5 with my American friends. They and learned there that 3.5 is a lot less complex than I initially thought it was. And I am loving being a barbarian with a triple crit weapon. Oh, that's one of the, that's one of my complaints about fifth edition is I understand with the bounded accuracy. Shit, yeah. uh, look, we're we're way off topic. I understand with the <laughs> bounded accuracy that we can't do these multiple crit things, but I yeah. absolutely give out keen weapons still that double a crit range. Right, so yeah. um, I think three point five is not as intense as you think it is until you get the splat books. And the moment that you start getting complete warrior and races of stone and all this stuff that are just like, oh, yeah, here are four new races and they are just going to beef up and change how you think about very basic mechanics. Like grappling is complicated in 3.5 compared to 5th edition. But when you are going to be this kind of creature that can't be grappled if you're standing on this kind of terrain and you have a plus four modifier if you are able to plant your feet ahead of time as a, and I'm like, who's, who's declaring this shit? Like it's so much additional crap that got put on so that they could have more releases and sell more books. And then that's when it got complicated when they started to add prestige classes and we don't have those in fifth edition. Thank God. Um, But prestige (laughs) classes are when you have a certain number of levels or you meet certain stat requirements, or, you know, certain spells or a combination of the three, then you can do this very specific class. This class only lasts three or five or seven levels, whatever it is, but it does this very specific thing so well that you will do nothing else well. You will rely on this for everything and you will break the game if your dungeon master does not have a counter for it, which then creates the problem of DMs then having to create a counter for this specific thing but then the player's useless in all other areas, so this is just oppositional DMing. And so you can see how 3.5 created a lot of power gaming um, yes. and how it became Pathfinder. Yes, 100%. So, but back to 5th edition, I do like... 
I like that it's rulings, not rules. I like that it's a little bit more general. Um, I do wish that some of the rulings made more sense. Yes. But um, I'm looking at jump mechanics, which are essentially useless. I'm looking at drowning and suffocating, which is just stupid. I'm looking at overland <laughs> travel, which is vague at best. Right. Yeah. There are some <laughs> things that need to be reworked. Um, I'm not even going to talk about Spelljammer. But there's just like a, there's a lot of shit that needs to get um, that should have been thought of at the very beginning of the design. Yes. So that we, it could scale appropriately, because at this point, things are starting to not scale correctly. Your player's handbook subclasses cannot keep up with the new shit that's being released. So um, or at least some of them anyway. Some of them like the Battlemaster are still fucking phenomenal. Anyway, let's jump into Topaz Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> I have rambled now. Um, so Topaz Dragons, the spells that they get uh, in Fizzbends are not listed up in like the Draconomicon where everything else is. It's listed down with the stat blocks. Um, yes. So they get as it should, it, as it should be. Um, it uh, is anti-life shell, bane, control water, create or destroy water, and then separate from all of that, they have the ability to cast fabricate as well. That's not listed with the other spells. It's listed as a, a trait that they get. So um, I would honestly give these guys uh, rejuvenate, and I would do that for all the gem dragons. They're all connected to the multiverse. Why not? Yeah. Um, also, I want to give a topaz dragon uh, because everything around them is about decay and um, the slow destruction and the world falling apart. They should be siege monsters. Everything is just weaker around them in the environment. Yeah. They and almost feel like a they almost feel like a rust monster on steroids. Exactly. And I feel like their siege monster um should be connected to almost like an aura. It that it's less about how strong they are and more about the fact that the wood is rotting out and the stone is crumbling when they get within 15 or maybe even just five feet of a structure or a an object, right? So yeah. For the egg, I went really simple on this one. Um I used the cold aura for the uh, white dragon, necrotic aura, 10 feet yeah. radius, and then a con save of 2d6 necrotic damage. Now, th this, just, this does feel like a copy-paste, but I like the idea of plant life withering and dying immediately around it. I was just going to say that, or just going to say that about that my egg as well. Like that, it's, It just makes so much sense that life is just dying around this entire dragon. This is also the only egg that I would give a regional effect to, where everybody's just a little bit sick. You can't... Um, <laughs> you just have a, have a constant cold at all times. Yeah, but but I would reflect that as like, hey, uh, you can roll your hit dice on a short or long rest within one mile of this uh, egg, but then you can only heal half of those hit points. It's just oh. not as effective, right? All healing... <laughs> Uh, that is from potions, scrolls, wands, or under uh, fifth level spells are half as effective as normal. Jesus. Right? I, I just want this egg to be upsetting. Like it yeah. should, this, this topaz dragon egg, because again, it's like, it's a topaz. When you walk in, you should see this glimmering, bright, wonderful looking egg that is just kind of radiating sickly yellow um, light yeah. out of it. Right. And it's not, bright sparkling happy light it's sickly yellow decay right yeah i would describe this egg as being the color of a chain smoker's teeth <laughs> i hate that i can envision that so well <laughs> <laughs> okay. yep um for wormlings 
so here's something that I think more dragons should have. Um, psychic, I would give this to all gem dragons specifically, but I, I, mm. I would change the damage type for other dragons. Um, psychic death. Upon death, the sound of a deafening shatter blended with a desperate scream fills the minds of everyone nearby. All creatures within 60 feet make charisma saves or take non-lethal 66 psychic damage. So if you kill it, it reverberates through the multiverse and everybody oh, around you shit. has a chance of just having their eyes roll back in their head and they pass out unconscious. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah. So I like that for all gem dragons. I would give more death burst effects to all dragons in general. So yeah. I mean, they'll have like a, you said, you're killing a, a multi multiversal being. However the fuck you would say that word. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, multiversal. So um for young dragons, I I went anyone touching the topaz dragon takes 2d4 slashing damage every round that they're in contact with the dragon because yeah. they're made of gems. Again, I put this on most gem dragons, but I want an extra level. Weapon attacks uh weapon attacks that hit must beat the AC by three or more or take damage, reducing their oh, shit. their two hit and damage by one. If a weapon takes five damage in this manner, it's unusable. These effects last until a Masterful Smith can spend 24 hours per damage done reworking the weapon. You are <laughs> smashing crystals with a sword. Your sword is going to yeah. Come on. This is, again, no brainer to me. And this feels like kind of just something I would add on all gem dragons. Yeah, I feel like it, it should definitely be uh, apparent on the on on the slashing and piercing weapons because you're okay if you're smashing crystals with a hammer you're doing it right it's a it's a hammer yeah however if it's with a club you're great well, club <laughs> to, yeah well yeah I'm, okay if 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 you're using a wooden weapon while you're fighting a dragon you're doing something wrong here <laughs> no but it's feasible that you would do this at low levels this is why i, I stuck it on young and not wormling right um but uh, but I also think that all yeah, ammunition, all ammunition would get destroyed on contact as well, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would say non-magical, right? I would just make yes, a magical of, weapon. Of course, of course. Um, when it comes to adults, I, I said the name of this ability. I actually named this one. Normally, I don't name them, but I did for this one. Uh -huh. It's called "Yes, It's an Open Container." And this recharges on a five-verse. Uh -oh. Oh, no. Some of you know where I'm going with this already. But because we're aquatic and this is about decay and death, um, the idea here is that one creature the dragon can see has their lungs filled with briny water as an action. They are incapacitated and must make a con save at the end of their turn to end the effect. There's no <laughs> done. You're just incapacitated until you can make your con save. You're just sitting there hacking up salt water. <laughs> again this is useful it's fun it's flavorful but you're not going to completely like <laughs> andre you're having a meltdown <laughs> so, like, this is not going to change the overall arc of the battle right it's going to frustrate someone and it takes your action as a dragon right which means you're not getting your multi-attack or your breath weapon so <laughs> i feel like it's just going to stop the bard where he is for a couple of rounds or take out a spellcaster <laughs> if you want to do something on your next turn right Ooh, yeah <laughs> i'm sorry that <laughs> the name the name fucking sent me on itself that he went to describe how it worked yes it's an open container <laughs> so that's fucking brilliant and i can't wait to use that because i uh, <laughs> 
I also love the idea of your players are turning around and being like, so can I do this with create or destroy water? You're like, I don't know, man. Are you an adult dragon? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, no, fuck you. You're not a multiversal being. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, okay, well, not yet. We, we'll see until like level 20 above. <laughs> um, and then for ancient, I thought, so it's got this desiccating breath that, you know, wears down creatures and, and weakens yeah. them, right? It should also do, I'm just adding to the breath weapon because this is really powerful for an ancient dragon because you're going to hit more than one creature at a time. Exactly. It also does 1d4 strength damage with no save. Oh, shit. Yeah. Fuck. As, <laughs> I, that that scares me because I always I, I go for a lot of strength-based. Um, fucking shocker. I, I play fighters, paladins, and barbarians. Mm-hmm. Uh no, that's not that's as a DM, that's a lot of fun. As a player, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm also I'm also looking at it at, at this point where you would have a you're gonna have a plus five, right? So you're you're starting off with a, a 20 strength, right? Yeah. And so because we're talking ancient, you're you guys are tier four by the time you're facing this thing. Um yeah. 1d4 strength means that you're going to essentially on average lose uh one of your your um mechanical numbers off of your modifier so yes. it should go down by roughly two every time um so your strength will drop down to 18 so now it's a plus four the next time you get hit drops down to 16 on average yeah it's plus three so it's not as crippling as you think unless your dm just rolls four 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 and remember this is on the breath weapon which needs to recharge so exactly. it's not as scary as it looks, but it will terrify the players the first time it happens. Yeah. I mean, it, you did that to me and I'm not even facing the fucking thing. I'm, <laughs> and that's I just that, immediately, I immediately thought about what would happen if I was facing it. I went, oh shit. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing about the action economy is in fifth edition, you usually only get these big, badass, powerful things off between one and three times um, in a combat, right? And so yeah. even if you like if you hit the wizard three times with this, they're in trouble. They might not have 12 strength. So it could kill yeah. a wizard or a sorcerer or a bard. But for the most part, they're going to be limping away weak as fuck, needing to get some long rests in, right? Yes. Which should happen if you're fighting an ancient topaz. Um I, I just give them a short rest. They'll they'll, they'll you think I'm working off. <laughs> uh any thoughts about the topaz? About um, how you would do things differently, or did is there anything here that you didn't like? I or? mean, so okay. First of all, the fucking open container thing is just—it's—it's <laughs> it's hilarious. I think what I would probably—I mean, I—I'd give it an aura, obviously. Yeah. Um, just make just everything dies around it. It's like very. What are um fucking what are they called? I have a mini of it, but I don't remember what the fuck they're called. Does it say under the mini? No, these fuckers. Do you know what I'm talking about? When I, if I show you, Nightwalker. Mini? Yep. Nightwalker. Yeah, that just it just sucks. It doesn't suck life necessarily. It just decays. I have like, to ask. It's just where did you get that mini? I am desperate to get one because my guys are facing Nightwalkers. I got it at my local uh, nerd shop. Fuck. It, All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, really, gonna, I'm just going to have to order it. I'm like, okay. I don't know what yeah, I was expecting, I, but sure. Yeah. I got it at my, uh, I mean, yeah, surprisingly enough, I got it at my local nerd shop. Um, I think all of my minis so far are either 3D printed or local nerd shops. I don't have a 3D printer, but apparently one of Dan's players just bought one and oh. um, is willing to just print off 3D models. 
um, because it's pennies to print off one of these things. And we yeah. did a <laughs> shout out to uh, MZ, I want to say 4250. Um, yes, something like that. Yeah. I'm, and um, they do all of these really cool prints and stuff. And I'm sitting there going, I'm going to abuse the shit out of this. You should charge me money. I, I have many, many minis that I need. So, um, and uh, that I will never have the opportunity to buy because they're either so fucking rare in the the blister packs or yeah, you've got to go spend 30 bucks on one of them and they're unpainted, right? So, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I painted that one just very, very basically. It, he's black, but uh, where the mouth is, I did like a really bright red smile because I thought it was terrifying nice uh but yeah i think back to the topaz i think it should have a very similar effect in the aura like there's just constant not not death like the nightbook but decay like this guy cannot just i feel like hang around for too long without people really starting to feel it i feel like this is going to be reflected in regional effects and the lore paragraphs more than anything else this is the description of the plants around wither and die within 1d4 rounds um water becomes stagnant and starts to taste uh stale you've got uh, all food within a certain radius rots um anything that uh, wooden furniture or structures starts to feel spongy to the touch just oh, yeah. shit like that as it starts to decay i don't know how i would handle metal maybe i'd have metal rust and stone crumble just a little yeah. bit but uh and and everybody's got to make a con save or feel weakened um and it could just be something as simple as your your movement speed is uh, reduced by 5 feet per round or you've got to yeah. um you have to make an athletics check anytime that you do a strength based um uh, action of any kind so like like or or maybe all of your athletics checks are with disadvantage right just because they're yeah. Shit like that. And so this stuff isn't necessarily combat, but it is great flavor. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I would, I think I still, because I like just, I just, I I love the Tobat because it's just, it's a, it's a really weird dragon to begin with. Yeah. Its wings are backwards. I know. Yep. Fucks up with that. <laughs> I just, I, I would love just to have that just. I wouldn't. I I like the everything decays in a certain amount of rounds. I think I would still on on one of the ages. I'm not sure where I would start it. Just to have like, or maybe I'd have it gradually go up. Just one die of damage if you are ten feet. If you're within ten feet of it. So the like, way that I would do this is I would have it be two um, d four to start, and then include yeah. and then raise it by another two d four every time, because oh with, yeah. With D4s, it's going to be less swingy, and you're more That's likely true. with with eight D4 to end up getting a, a consistent drain instead of you rolling two yeah. D12 and getting a two. Right? That's yeah, not scary. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that. Yeah, I think. I mean, just auras in general on dragons should just be. A I thing. think. I think they should be different and flavorful. Each one of them, like if I can be like honest, this one. Uh-huh. Every time that I workshop uh, or homebrew a creature, I like to use the smallest amount of dice I can that makes it make sense and then use many of them because I can control the damage output a little bit more. 
especially right. for passive things like an aura or for things yeah. that have multiple targets like new area of effect spells or breath weapons or shit like that clouds and stuff right right that, that kind of stuff i want there to be a i can't survive here for long i need to move on because i know what this thing is going to do plus it terrifies the players when they see you pick up eight fucking dice <laughs> yeah. e4 you just picked up eight dice if you picked up four d8 their eyebrows would raise but they wouldn't be scared because you're going to roll an 11 right yeah, especially if you if behind the end screen you just count quietly one two three four five, yeah. Six. yeah oh no but you see i roll in front of the players i want them to see the only time i roll behind the screen is when they come up with something absolutely batshit insane like I, <laughs> I want to use the candle from the chandelier. I want to, uh, in my turn, I want to jump off the banister, grab the candle, land, and then blow the whiskey across the flame to create a breath weapon effect for one round. I'm like, all right, what's the fucking DC on this? Or um, they're going to get a deck save against it. So I'm going to roll behind the screen to be like, is this liable to go off? I want the mystery. <laughs> Let them do it because it's insane and that's what D&D is, but maybe not as effective as you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> I um, feel like that's definitely happened to you. That was way too specific to not have happened before. Yeah. Except, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I made that PG. That was not blowing the whiskey oh. <laughs> the candle. They were light and blue angels. That was, that was the bard landed and farted across the candle flame and wanted to do damage. And I'm like, 1d4 and they're poisoned for one round if it succeeds fuck yeah leave it to the leave it to the bard <laughs> so let's move on to the next dragon uh, and that is yes. i really thought you were going to say when i'm like yeah do like a corrupted or a whatever i thought you were going to do deep dragon because we talked about it in the last time that, that we spoke nah, yeah, nah, 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 and nah. then you went <laughs> then you went with shadow dragon and i went <laughs> fucking neat i love <laughs> i love the lore around shadow dragons for those who don't yeah. remember, Shadow Dragon is just a dragon that has been corrupted by the Shadowfell. They have been, it doesn't matter what the dragon is, they have descended into the Shadowfell, usually by accident, or they were coaxed in there for some reason. And then the Shadowfell has imbued them with the like the power, the negativity of the Shadowfell. And so yeah. all their like, like their skin turns black, their horns turn black, their wings turn black, they and their uh breath weapon is now necrotic. Right. Then they've got a whole bunch of like sunlight sensitivity and they can hide in the dark and that kind of shit. Right. So, yeah. or they have I dark. So, yeah. I went with, with Shadow because Deep Dragon was like fun, but I, I, I paused from, I had to pause from Deep Dragon a little bit. Uh, and then uh, Dra Draco Liches are just such a, they're a thing at the end. You're an ancient, they're an ancient if they're, if they're that. Then I thought about Shadow, like, what, what, like, if a wormling, became a shadow dragon and then i saw that you did egg i was like what if an egg yeah. started in the shadow and like in the shadow foul yeah i'm um, i'm a big fan of shadow <laughs> dragons i'm a big fan of the shadow fell um even though we get almost no support for the shadow fell i'm not talking absolutely not. <laughs> i'm not talking domains of dread or barovia i'm talking just like shadow fell in general we get almost yeah. nothing so um so here we go when it comes to fizz bands they don't give us any new spells but if i'm going to give them spells it's going to be things of course like darkness silence shadow of moil or um the one that i like was summon shadow spawn so that's one of the new ones that's ah. out there. so um also this is the one i give mimicry to and it should be yes. the, the familiar echoes 
of voices that are that they know right so there yeah. should be almost a little psychic um kerfuckery going on here yeah. with a shadow dragon in the first place because the shadow fell knows what terrifies you it knows what yeah. depresses you and so i think that you're it's not real psychic. There's not necessarily telepathy happening here. It's just instinctual that they know I'm going to make my voice sound like this. And this is going to bring this creature to me. Right. Yeah. And also it says right in the lore that they are there to get other people to be corrupted by the shadow fell. So they don't yeah. just want to kill you. They do, but they may see your heroes and say, Hey, you know what? It'd be really good to have these be dark champions for me. Yeah, Exactly. As so much the other, as they would like to kill you, they'd rather you be on their side. Yeah. The other thing that I would give them is uh, not rejuvenate, where you are essentially reborn later, but regenerate, where you are recovering hit points if they are in total darkness. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. I, I processed that. Uh, I heard it, then I processed it. Wow. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> the thing about eggs are. I think that eggs that have been corrupted by the Shadowfell should be cloaked in shadows. Yes. And that means uh, that they 100%. are 100% invisible in dim light or darkness. Yeah, that makes just uh, no comment. That just makes perfect sense. These are things that are, are now a part of the Shadowfell. Like... Yeah, and honestly, this is how you're going to get a, a Shadow Wormling, right? And Shadow Hatchlings and shit. So yeah. Um, this is just a good solid defense mechanism is is the fact that they are going to just be almost impossible to know that they're there. There is a feature for the Gloomstalker Ranger um, that is called uh, Umbral Sight. Yes. And Umbral Sight um, means that if creatures that rely on dark vision to see you uh, are trying to see you, you are while you're in darkness, you're just, you're invisible. I would yep. give that ability to eggs as well. So even your dark vision can't see them. I personally would, oh, uh, I don't know if you're only going for egg. I would personally go as far as just to give that to the dragon itself. Well, the dragons come stock with shadow stealth, which is while in dim light or darkness, the dragon can take the hide action as a bonus yeah. action. Um, which kind of doubles up and is defeated by this umbral site. Um, I mean, I, I I would replace Shadow Self with that personally. Yeah, I was look, looking I, at it. I'm all for it. I also think that it's really cool because it doesn't mean that you'll never see them. It means that you've got to shine bright light on them, right? Yeah. Which means you have a giant cavern that's you know hundreds and hundreds of meters in every direction. And you've got all these different ledges on the walls and stuff. And you know that there is a an egg in here somewhere. But you have to get within 20 feet of it with your torch. Yeah. You can't rely on your dark vision like a lot of players do when their characters have dark yeah. vision. So it makes you actually having to explore. And then all of a sudden, this thing's just going to appear out of the darkness directly in front of you, right? Yeah. Um. So when it comes to the Wormling... <laughs> I wanted to get a little bit of, I, I wanted to get fucky on this. So I, <laughs> yeah, I, I gave a, I gave the Wormling two spells. And these are powerful for a Wormling, but I would have it in the description how to use these spells specifically. And the first spell is Suggestion, and this recharges on a six. And that okay. Suggestion is, come with me through this portal into the Shadowfell. Oh, shit. It's and not, this, oh, so and it's the like... Second, Wow. Yeah, and the second one is modify memory, and this can only <laughs> be used 
to wipe clean the memory of the fact that it was even there. And this can only be used once per short rest. Oh, that is so cool. So now we are actually a threat from the shadows. People in town are going missing and coming back dark and wreathed in shadows and evil and nobody knows why. And it's because there's just a wormling here. And if you run around, you might be able to find in one of the basements, if you have a torch with you, a broken dragon egg with nothing inside. And that that's your hint, right? So um, right. Wow. for a young dragon, I wanted to give them the Dread Ambusher from the Gloomstalker Ranger. Um, it's my absolute favorite fucking thing in any one of the subclasses. It's just so fucky. And I love, I just, I just love it. It makes you such a better um, ranger and it makes you a better rogue, especially if you stack it up with uh assassin. Yeah. So, but uh, I just think it's really thematic for a shadow dragon to have that. Um, when it comes to an adult, first I wanted to give them the fear spell. They should just have that. Yeah. Makes sense. And then I gave them what I called shadow movement. So this recharges on a four to six. So it should happen a few times in a big combat with an adult mm -hmm. dragon. So here's my description. If the dragon moves in a straight line for its entire movement phase, so not at the end of, of its movement, but as it has to move in a straight line for the entire movement phase, uh, it becomes incorporeal and passes through enemies like a shadow, ignoring all difficult terrain and not incurring opportunity oh. attacks. Creatures who have the dragon move through their space have to make a con save or take 8d4 See me doing a lot of D4s, necrotic uh -huh. damage. And their maximum hit points drop by the same amount until the end of a long rest. Oh, shit. So this thing just hits you with the full despair and the full decay of the Shadowfell as it moves through you. Right, yeah. It, 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 it almost feels like, I think, what, there's a ghost dragon in... Yes. It feels like, like ghosts. Like, sorry, like ghosts. It's just... It, it, like you said, incorporeal. It, it, it feels like a shadow, like a shadow <laughs> demon. Uh, yeah, right? I'm explaining stuff that you already explained because I. <laughs> no, no, but know what it, I'm doing. <laughs> but shadow demons, right? And and shadows yes. and ghosts and like I love it when a creature moves through my character space. It always either hurts their maximum hit points or it does stat damage of some kind. Yeah. Right? So um, I love the idea for a shadow dragon just becoming shadow. The thing is, I know we don't really have movement phase, but it needs to use its entire movement and it has to be in a straight line because it's going to go through walls. It's incorporeal, right? So yeah, exactly. it, it doesn't matter. It's going to go through the trees if this happens outdoors, right? And when it flies by, it can hit everybody, but in a straight line. I didn't want it hitting over and over and over again in one turn. That's what right, I like yeah. to do with uh, some of my more fucky undead is they will start their turn in the adjacent space and move back and forth over and over and over again into the uh, creature space, just taking five foot steps back and forth, back and forth. So they hit you with this three or four or five times in a round. <laughs> so Dan learned that the hard way, ended up face down in the mud more than once. Um, <laughs> Actually, for... shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't mean in D&D. &D. Um, no. <laughs> for uh, the ancient dragon, I finally started to look at legendary actions. This is pretty powerful, so it costs three legendary actions. All right. If in dim light or darkness, you planar shift yourself and all creatures within 200 feet into the Shadowfell, or if you're in the Shadowfell, into any specific domain of dread that you would like. Whoa. Creatures shifted that way 
become confused and have to re-roll initiative with a shadow dragon getting an automatic 30. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. They so the way that Ooh. yeah. <laughs> so if you want, this would be optional depending on how I would, you know, what I'm doing with my campaign. Um, yeah. I would then have it be like you have slain the shadow dragon, and and if once everybody goes to sleep, they will wake up back in the original plane, right? So um, however, if you don't slay the shadow dragon, it just teleports you in and fucks off, and you are trapped. <laughs> So this is how I will travel between domains of dread. Is we need to find the shadow dragon and do yeah. enough damage that a planar shifts. That that is interesting to say the least. <laughs> that is wow. So that's a, a if I'm gonna play with a shadow dragon, I'm gonna lean into the shadow fell. Otherwise, uh, of course, I mean it's an undead dragon, right? Like yeah, that's, yeah, like. If I'm, I'm if if you're if you're going to use the shadow dragon, you're using the shadow fell. Like, I mean, I've never touched on shadow dragons because there's a lot missing to support the shadow fell, and I I'm not brave enough to fuck with the fuck with some of the shit that I don't understand. But then again, there is nothing saying that I can't do things about stuff there isn't stuff written about. <laughs> All right, can I can I hit you with a sidebar for a second about how I handle the shadow fell? <laughs> Go for it. All right, so beside the Shadowfell, there's also the uh, Ethereal Plane. And the Ethereal Plane is not well supported in 5th edition either. Yeah. In my head, the Ethereal Plane is the um, the Misty... Uh, it's it's Frodo when he puts the ring on in Lord of the Rings, right? right? Okay. Where you can see the world around you. And this world, once you shift into it, this world is absolutely full of aberrant horrors and undead that are, like souls that are lost. And everything is drawn to you. You should not be in the ethereal plane. If you are on a nightmare, the the mount, and it goes into the yeah. ethereal plane, you should be aware of the fact that there are there's uh uh the moon in the sky above you. There are two additional moons, and one of them is just covered in eyes that is just blink. <laughs> oh. like it's it's mm. uncomfortable <laughs> and weird. And it's what happened when the weave every time that you cast a spell. You are plucking threads from the weave. The weave right. is a little bit fucked up, and this is the the version of it. This is the mirror version. But yes. I use the ethereal plane as a way to get into the shadow fell, which is the upside down from Stranger Things. Oh, okay, yeah, I have so, seen Stranger Things. I do understand that. <laughs> so the idea here is that all of the locations are the same, but they're kind of falling apart. Anybody that right. you run into here is a a version of the people that you've met everywhere else, but they're depressed, they're sad, they're they don't have a whole lot of motivation, their spark of life is gone, they're right. soulless. And if you piss them off, they will slowly turn and look at you, kind of like uh the the um people in inception in the dreams, they will yeah. understand that you're not supposed to be here, and then everyone will slowly start to attack. So you don't fuck around too much in the shadow fell. When you get to domains of dread, they're a little bit closer to reality because that's kind of their whole shtick, is they're supposed to be a mimic of reality. Um, but when it comes to just the basic shadow fell, if you're in water deep and you go into the shadow fell, like you walk into a dark closet which has just a portal there and you stumble into the shadow fell you will yeah. come out of the closet there and then look around and see well it never really gets bright at noon and the bed in the corner smells musty and is covered in dust and and there was a cat downstairs but now there's just bones in a cat bed in front all of right yeah 
right? No fire actually warms you and uh, no food actually satiates you. Right. Sounds like a paradise. Yeah. So it just feels like it's going to wear at you. And as time goes on. <laughs> Sounds like ice into the winter. <laughs> <laughs> but but the way that I run it is that um, every day that you're there, you have to make a con save. And every time that you fail, you take an extra level of exhaustion. But mm. it's not real exhaustion. It's just the tainted nature of the Shadowfell. So if you right. take six levels of it, you become corrupted like the dragons are. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, I've 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 dealt with a similar mechanic like that. So, then when you come back to the regular world, your alignment has shifted to evil. Your um, there's no happiness. The things that that you used to do during your downtime, whether it's drink or I'm going to play music in the town square or I'm going to go flirt with the barmaid, you're disinterested in that. You don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. Nothing to do but wait until the next thing that happens, and who cares? And you got to get to the Feywild to reimbue yourself with passion and life and love. Oh, that's that's also fun. Like because they are polar opposites, right? That's like the whole shtick. Yeah. So like this is why material, I love, material I love, plane is a mix of the two, was it? Basically, uh, it's it's the balance in between, right? No, yeah, so, or or that that that's a better description of it. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's it's the Shadowfell and the Feywild are mirror images of, but I like yeah. to have the other like the ethereal plane also be a mirror image, but it's it's fucking weird and the rules don't really apply and it's scary as shit. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have my sorrow sworn come in from the ethereal plane and not from the Shadowfell. Um, they're supposed to be Shadowfell, but I like them just being weirder manifestations of bad shit that happened. If enough people were starved to death, then a hungry Soros sworn appears in the ethereal plane and slowly starts to to um, materialize within um, within the material plane. So this yeah. is kind of my my head cannon for a lot of this stuff. This is why I like the Shadow Dragon having suggestion to pull you in right and having the fear spell and the ability to planar shift everybody around that's where all of this comes from so it's about corrupting you and less about doing just a shit ton of damage yeah like the wow. abyss it's almost as if the Shadowfell has a mind of its own and it has its own wants and needs yeah that's 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 good info. Now I'm now I'm prepared to take on the shadow battle. That's not that's not Forgotten Realms canon, but it's definitely how I've run it to, to good success. So, I mean, the, the, I mean, I don't I I run homebrew when I run. Yeah, and I just I take whatever the fuck I want. Sure, as as most people do. Like, a, hell, this this episode's called Workshopping Dragons. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, we're 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 off the page anyway, but. The Shadowfell right. works kind of similar to that. The Ethereal Plane is its own fucking deal. I have completely reworked it. So that's just <laughs> my headcanon for weird aberrant monsters to pop up for no reason. This is where dreams go and dreams are yeah. weird, right? So, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. How do we feel about uh, the Shadow Dragon? Um, the stuff, again, uh, just to go through it because I've babbled here, um, <laughs> was uh, the eggs are invisible in dim light or darkness. And we said we just put that on all shadow dragons. Um, I wanted to give a regenerate while in darkness and the mimicry as well um, of voices. We've got uh, suggestion that recharges on a six and modify memory that recharges on a short rest. Dread ambusher from the Gloomstalker Ranger. Uh, the fear spell for adults and uh, that ability to incorporeally move 
um yeah necrotic damage uh move through creatures and then um and then that planar shift at the end how does that feel for shadow dragon is that that it feels a lot more terrifying than the actual shadow dragon in the book the shadow dragon in the book is just a dragon that well in dim light or darkness has resistance to damage that is in force psychic yeah. or radiant and has shadow breath that's that's it I mean, the scary uh, thing about their shadow breath is it creates undead, right? Yeah, and that's something. But I, uh, it's it's this adding on this 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 template that felt empty. Yeah, uh, and this just it, it's it's filling it up, which is nice, and putting some character behind the shadow fell as, as well, like what it does to a creature. I also love the idea of the fact that you get your your killing blow in on an ancient dragon. And it turns around instead of making death saves, or because all of my ancient dragons, just like my boss NPCs, make death saves. That lets minions come in and heal them up, and and it also forces my players to go in for the coup de gras kill. Right, yeah. so it's just it feels better. But the um, I like the dragon foregoing a death save, taking an automatic failure to crawl through a portal into the shadow fell. And then returning six weeks later as a shadow dragon that can do all this shit, right? So that sounds fun. That yeah, sounds fun. I, I escaped to the shadow fell, and the shadow fell breathed new life into me. Here I am, it's in my final form, right? So yeah, um, and of course, uh, you beef all we didn't get into great worms because great worms are intense in the first place, but like I don't you can you can just beef up the the stuff, I suppose, with the great worm. Uh, I think. And we and that's just forever. That's just <laughs> had great firms. Every time, like I, you'll notice, I've been talking about making saves and stuff, but I'm not actually giving yeah. a numerical number, like yeah. a numerical number. That's redundant. But like, I'm not giving, <laughs> I'm not giving a number at all. It's because we know what the DCs are. We know what the saves yeah. are, right? Like at this level, you know what your dragon is doing already, so it should mechanically stack up as you go. And I would just be adding this stuff, but with bigger radius or can do it more often or the legendary action only costs two instead of three or yeah. whatever it is right when i beef up to the great worm i'm just tweaking the numbers and that's going to make it happen more often and be more powerful without me having to kind of rewrite the whole damn thing so yeah you've got to look on your face like you're thinking about something no uh no i i was just looking to my side and i noticed my uh displacer base mini and i looked back at the shadow dragon and i was like that would have been hilarious to put like a displacing thing on the worm like or the egg as well I, but absolutely <laughs> like if this here's another thing uh, uh shadow dragon should have misty step that's a no-brainer right like there's oh, oh, so yeah there's some stuff here that I, I look at and I go, neat, and I just don't bother to include it. There's a whole bunch of of other shadow stuff. Go to the shadow sorcerer, right? And yeah, look I was I was exactly about to mention the shadow sorcerer, like the teleportation bullshit they get, like teleport yeah. between darknesses. Yeah, put all this shit on your dragons. Like yeah. what what just, subclass is there is yeah. your dragon close to? Grab it and use it. So um, yeah, exactly. A shadow dragon should be able to use a bonus action to dash, disengage, or hide like a rogue. Yeah. Clearly, I, I don't need to go any deeper into this. Just start thinking about how we can use the action economy to support the idea of the shadow fell's corruption. Right. Yeah. So is there anything else with Shadow Dragon or should we move on to our last one? I think we should move on. I have nothing more to say about the Shadow Dragons, I think. 
I low key believe that this last one is the one that you're most interested in. <laughs> so, look, man, uh, <laughs> wyverns are so boring. <laughs> I love wyverns. I think they're great no, as mounts. I, I I agree, but like the stat mark is just so bland in my opinion. I just it is it, it could be so much more. I really have to beef up the way that they move when I'm talking. My my wyvern descriptions are all about them getting low with the tail up over top of them like a scorpion, right? Yeah, and hissing. Exactly. And so I, I've got to make it scarier. And I never use just one wyvern at a time. Maybe one lands at a time, but another one is is doing like swooping down to hit with the tail, right? Yeah. So um, wyverns, I also give them, you're fighting them in a nest on the side of a really tall cliff at the treetop, like it's gotta be more than just you're on an open road and here comes wyverns, right? Yeah, so, exactly. I love wyverns. You're right. The stat block is um it's 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 flat. It is. So um like, when I, I don't want I don't I don't want you to think that I hate wyverns. I fucking love wyverns. They're just the stat block is so bland. It is. So I mean it's the, the artwork for them is way more interesting than anything else that is listed there. So yeah, uh, the things to remember about wyverns, if you haven't looked at the stat block in a while, is the fact that they're large size. They've got a fly speed of 80 feet, which is cool, uh, especially for a CR6 creature. Um, and their multi-attack is two attacks with a bite and one with a stinger, so they're fast, right? So that's the big deal about them is they are quick. The stinger yeah. does... Does piercing damage, but also forces a con save to take significant poison damage. Um, even uh, if you make the save, you take half as much damage. So the idea in the lore is that they're aerial hunters. They don't want to fight on the ground. Uh, they're aggressive and they're reckless, which means um, they are going to get that uh, hit in if they can. And they're not going to really run away unless they're seriously injured. But they can also yeah. be tamed. Uh, however, um, taming one usually ends up killing the person trying to tame. So it's hard yeah. to do. Get get an egg and train it up from there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's no spells for these guys, and their intelligence and charisma are so low that I don't know that they would ever have spells, which sucks, but here we are. I would definitely give them flyby. They should have that. Oh, yeah. I... I've used. I think the the few times I've used Vibrance, they've all always had flyby, and they're always doing this like a flyby. Like they're they they are getting in and getting out, and just repeat, repeat, repeat. Also, I give them pack tactics because I never yes. want them moving alone. Pack tactics yeah. all the time. So uh, at least in a pairs of two. I yeah. say, I that's my rule of thumb with Vibrance. At least. And remember, for anybody listening, that the challenge rating of six means that if you have two of them, it's going to operate as a challenge rating of like nine, not 12, right? It it doesn't double yeah. up. So um, I really like them. I My thing about them is I want them to be, I want them to last longer. They've got an AC of 13, which is nothing. And they yeah. only have um, 110 average hit points, which is two rounds at level six. Yeah. The, not, idea, the idea here is they should be out of range. They're, they don't land, and their fly speed is so um, intense that they should be able to get out of range. Yes. They're going to ambush from the skies, and that's great. They should. I need them to last longer than this. So what I'm going to do is give them max hit points because I give all of my monsters maximum hit points. And uh, yeah. 
And then I started, going, I started doing that. Let them regenerate any damage done with its bite. Ooh, I have not done that. I have done the, the max health, though, after I heard you say it. Like, the first episode I listened to, I think. My favorite thing about it is that their bite has a 10-foot reach because they're like their head is that of a cobra, right? Yeah, they they, they do this. Do, uh, it's, it's a fucking audio. It's an audio platform. I don't know yeah, they, they lunge forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so with uh, with their bite, I like the, the fact they do 2d6 plus 4 piercing damage. That's 11. They heal up 11 hit points. Um, they get to make two attacks with the bite, so they could heal up 22. That'll keep them in the fight a lot longer. Because at level six, your guys are doing roughly 16 to 24 damage per hit at this point, yeah. right? So, or per round, per turn, I guess. So, um, if you've got a party of four, they're going to do 88 damage, roughly. Your wyvern's going to last two rounds. Like, that's that's yeah. not enough. So, let them regenerate and to last three or maybe even four rounds. Um, especially if there's more than one. When it comes yeah, to 100%. the egg... This one confused me because these are not like super magical beings. So how do we defend them? Well, I'm just going to go mundane with it. The scales on the dragon egg are sharp as hell yeah. and they're poisonous, right? It's a exactly. DC 12 deck save. If you're not wearing gloves on a failure, the creature's poison for a minute, not poison damage, but the poison of um, condition. But yeah, it, it doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. Like now it's CR six. If this was a CR 14 creature, I'd be doing poison damage. I'd have yeah. a poison condition. The DC would be higher, but at CR six, it's common sense. Don't mishandle the egg. Yeah. Wear thick gloves. Yep. Um, when it, uh, is a wormling, I wanted to, be, they, they swoop down from above. Have you ever seen a hawk pick up a fish? Have you ever seen an Eagle pick up a rabbit? These guys should have improved grapple. Advantage yeah, I, on grappling checks and on escape checks. Because I know that they're going to swoop down, pick your guy up, and then drop him like birds do to break open clams and, and mollusks, right? So he's going to pick yeah. him up and drop him, just as Terry always says for dragons. But if your player's smart at all, they're going to grapple right back so they don't fall. So yeah, escape check. This thing looks like a <laughs> cobra. It's going to just wriggle free. Yeah, 100%. Um, when it comes to a young, a young wyvern, to me, all wyverns should already have this. I don't know why they don't. Give them poison <laughs> to spit. Yes. 30 Absolutely. foot, right? It should be half as much damage as you're doing with the stinger. And yes. you're a wormling wyvern, so you should be already be doing half as much damage, half as much to hit, half as many hit points. Armor class is is eleven. All of your stats are lower. Like like you're young. You're like you are a baby wyvern. Yeah, exactly. All of your all of your numbers are are down. But like you should be able to have this this spit attack as almost a defense. Maybe it recharges on a five six. It's not their primary attack, but it's going to discourage predators when they're this low. And then when they get bigger and they get older, they should be able to use this to blind people or to poison people. So it's yeah. poison effect almost, right? If anybody needs a, a, a visual, it's like the it's like the Tylo in Jurassic Park with Dennis Nedry. Exactly. That's exactly. Does it make sense? Does it make sense anatomically with an actual Dilophosaur? Absolutely not. But don't question it. it does it? it uh, it's going to make it just as much sense with the wyvern. So go nuts. I mean, uh, okay, yeah, a wyvern is a fantasy, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, now here's my favorite thing. Are you looking at the art for a wyvern right now? I, I am. I've been looking at it 
uh, for no. a while now. It is. It is fun. I like it. Why does it not have the ability to swallow medium or smaller creatures? Right? It it, it looks like a snake. Like, it should be able to dislocate its motherfucking jaw yeah. and just go. Yeah. And, and swallow one medium creature or two smaller or um, creatures or four tiny creatures or like it should be able to just fucking consume and yeah and your basic swallow mechanics from there right like if you do this much damage you know it'll regurgitate anywhere within 10 feet of it right and like it should run forward or it should uh, not run forward but it should swoop down bite and uh, do the bite damage with the, with a grapple so the grapple yeah. does damage because it sunk its teeth in fly up and then on the next turn any grappled creature that it has gets swallowed. Yeah. So you can watch the Absolutely. half just get fucking hoovered in by this damn wyvern, but like 60 feet up in the air. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, you suppose you could try to wriggle out of it, but then what? Now you're falling. If you do, yeah. And if you do enough damage in a single round from the inside, because that's how swallow mechanics always work. If you do enough damage from the inside, you'll get regurgitated. But now you're either falling, like you say, or you're in the damn thing's nest because it's going to yeah. keep the halfling and fuck off. It's not here for the kill. It's here for the meal, right? Exactly. And now you have your CR6 creature against one PC. And that's so much scarier, right? Yeah. The good news is you've done damage to it from the inside. Your The other players have probably heard it. It hasn't healed up yet. So it's not like you're fighting a full version of this, but I, I think that you could really have a lot of fun. Um, see, I like them. They're smart enough to wipe out mounts and pets too, right? They're yeah. going to go after the easiest prey, but their wisdom is a 12, and that just helps their perception and, and whatnot, which means they're not strategizing so much. It's very simplistic. I eat the easiest thing, and that usually means the smallest. Yeah, exactly. So... I mean I think I think an oversight. I think personally, an oversight also because the spit. I hadn't thought about that at all. And I think that's a lot of fun because cobras, if I remember correctly, they can spit their venom. Some snakes can. I don't know if cobras can, but some snakes can. Yeah, I think I and I think I personally think it's such an oversight to not give the bite as well a little bit of poison. I know they have the stinger. Yeah, but I mean, fuck it. If they're if they're they're you're using poison, which is the easiest resistance to get yeah why why not just make it its entire thing as well like it's not i'm not saying like it's going to do astronomical damage like just a few d4s as well of damage like save maybe yeah it should um i started looking at this thing for an ancient as well and the mm -hmm. big thing that i looked at what we haven't addressed at all so far in all of this is its main number one feature it even has a little bit of art dedicated to it is the poisonous stinger on its tail, right? Yeah. So we've talked about poison, we've talked about flying, we've talked about the jaws and the teeth and swallow mechanics and all that. Flyby and regenerating and, and poison um, condition, this tail. And it seems like the feature, right? And so, yes. first of all, an ancient wyvern, I'm still just going to make it large, but it's going to be the upper side of large, like not quite. Yeah, and yeah exactly. AC is going to go through the roof. Hit points are going to go through the roof. Strength and con are going to go way, way, way up. Um, I think that it's going to understand Draconic, but not be able to speak it. Yeah. Um, and I would have in the lore that an ancient one can understand simple commands or or yeah. very simple, like, like as smart as a dog, right? 
which yeah, yeah, yeah. their intelligence is a minus three. They are as smart as a dog. They can be tamed, right? So yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but when it comes to the stinger, I'm sitting there going, okay. So my initial thought was a barbed tail. So it shoots barbs that do three d twelve poison damage and forces a con save against being poisoned till the end of the next or mm. until the end of a long rest. But then all I'm doing here is just beefing up a ranged poison attack which is redundant with the spit. Yes, that's true. So as much as I like this spit, I might have two or three different kinds of wyverns uh, at this point where some uh, are your basic ones. Some of them have the ability to, to do a spit mechanic. Some are oh, yeah. able to use barbed tails. And so this is where I realized that reworking the wyvern by wormling, young, adult, ancient is the wrong way to do it. We should look at drakes how different kinds of drakes get different kinds of things and maybe right. make the wyvern based on the color that it's it's based on uh, like it's not necessarily like the chromatic dragons where green does poison and black does acid and yeah, but have yeah, it yeah. just be like the dark ones the ones with the uh, mottled spots uh on it the ones with the uh, with red streaks on their wings are faster or like have different kinds and, and breeds and subspecies of wyverns to let yeah. them really lean into one factor or another. Absolutely. So your cultists will be breeding different ones. And so you'll still get that of your dragon cult, right? Yeah. Your, your dragon overlord is going to keep some around and, and use specific ones that they like. You might be able to choose which one you want to ride. Do you want the one that's fast or the one that's beefy or the one that has more attack or the more defense? Kind of like choosing what your mount is going to be. I but mean, it, it, it's it, you're absolutely right. It's 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 just it's it's because these things are like magical in the sense that like actual dragons are, but these things have to adapt to survive. Yeah. So they would adapt to their environment. Like I, I painted a, a brown vibrant because he lives in lives in giant forests and has to hide with a bark. Yeah. And he's faster than and they were faster than I've also used just the normal vibrants in the same campaign. Like it's I just I hadn't thought of it so it's such a grand scheme, like you just explained, but I've like why not? There are there are about fifteen hundred versions of different types of snakes. They're all snakes though. Yeah, and honestly, that's kind of where I was going with this, was um, give them different snake heads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if... It, now, you have to make it more draconic than that. If I'm just going to make them flying snakes with a stinging tail, then I'm <laughs> going to I'm gonna pull the dragon off of them and make them monstrosities and stick them yeah. with Yuan-Ti or, or dragon or um, lizard folk, right? Absolutely. And that's perfectly fine. I'm going to call them something else but I'm going to use the Wyvern stat block with a couple extra bits to it, right? Absolutely. But you have to keep it draconic, so they've got to be a little bit more, more monstrous, right? And so yeah, uh, um, it's, how, how do I put this? <laughs> You've got to balance out because there are a lot of creatures out there that are, you think should be draconic or you think shouldn't be draconic. I think yeah. the Hydra is a monstrosity, which drives me nuts. I think the Fairy Dragon is Fae, and that drives me nuts. Right. Yeah, I mean, wasn't is it the moons? No, moons are dragons. Are they considered dragons? Yes, those ones are are specifically dragons. I'm looking up. Uh, I mean, yeah. I I'm mean, I agree with you. I think, there. I I think Hydra should definitely be a monstrosity. I mean, it's it's 
I mean, it's wizards just being consistently inconsistent. But but I love them as dragons as well, right? Like yeah. I don't see why we couldn't have a hydra with breath weapons. Hell, that's that's what Tiamat is. That's true. That is literally what Tiamat is. So it's when you come to these other draconic creatures that are um that are not like the true dragons. Um oh no, fairy dragons are dragons, they're not fae. That's right. That's what drove me nuts about them. Because they're all they're all like my color is this, so I do that. And my I have euphoria breath, and I'm like, "You're Fey, shut up! You, you're <laughs> casting dancing light. You are Fey." So yeah, um, I hate the fact that we can't get double um, categories on our monsters in fifth edition. They've done it in every I, other edition yeah. where you're you're Fey and dragon. Uh, Hydra would be a monstrosity and a dragon type. Yeah, right. but yeah, I, look, I love wyverns. Honestly, the thing that I would want to get into more than anything else is give them fucking layers. What is a hydra? Yeah. What is a wyvern nest? Exactly. Give like, me. I don't need it to be a wormling, young adult, ancient necessarily. Yeah. But the sea serpents had had young and adult. We often get juvenile and adult. Um, the death dragons. It's a little different, but the death dragons get lesser and greater. We could have yeah. had a a juvenile and adult wyvern. And then maybe even an ancient one if we wanted something, or an yeah. elder wyvern or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give me a little bit more about how they hunt and, and how they move. So I'm really going to hit it with the lore a little bit more. And I'm going to stop thinking necessarily about what's happening in the action economy and start thinking about overall tactics. Because most of the stuff we yeah. talk about is, is are they moving with other people or with other wyverns? Are they ambushing? Are they lifting up and dropping? And these are not things that are reflected in a stat block, right? I can support these ideas with stat block things, but we've got to kind of make our own workshopping and, and homebrewing decisions first. Yeah. Is there anything that you were thinking about for Wyverns that we didn't cover? No, no, we covered it all. Yeah, no, no I had nothing more. Is there a specific kind of dragon we have not talked about that you're like, you know what? I want one more thing right now before we end the episode. I could go. I think probably the black Black okay. dragon feels so cool, but so well, the lore behind him is so cool. But I just wanted to to do a little bit of the workshopping live because I've done all of this stuff in my prep work. I honestly, I was sitting on a plane writing out these notes, going like, "Yeah, yeah, regenerate." <laughs> oh yeah, this is this is going to get suggestion, and I was just like killing time on the plane playing with this stuff. Um, yeah, but. When it comes to a black dragon, the first three things that I think about are the fact that um, black dragons are sadistic as all hell and they want to hurt people. They're yes. from swamps and they've got these big ass crazy horns. Yeah, th these horns are gnarly. I fucking love it. So my number one thing is I look at the physique and the artwork for it. They should have a, a gore attack. If they move fast enough, they should be able to gore like a minotaur does. Yes, uh, my next thing is you look at the environment. I know they already have a swim speed. Uh, we should give them an improved grapple or we should give them the ability to knock people prone, especially because you're going to fight them in shallow water. Yeah. And then the last thing is they're absolutely sadistic. Um, and so I would have something where uh, I'm probably going to lean into mimicry again on this as well, but I'm going to beef that up and maybe the adult and the ancient have the ability to not just mimic the sound of the voice like a kenku, but would cast a uh, major illusion. 
so that you see Ooh. someone from your past that is All dead right. or that uh, or that like your child that you want to protect and you see them floating in the water, right? Something to really fuck with the players in a sadistic level. Ooh, I fuck with it. Nah, <laughs> because yeah, you're not going to put it past a black dragon. Wait a minute. Why do you have my daughter? I've been waiting for you bitches, right? Like a, a black dragon is going to be that sadistic to have actually done this thing. So it's entirely believable. And then exactly, your yeah. whatever character runs over to check on the corpse, their hand moves through the illusion. The illusion is broken and the trap goes off. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, 100%. Uh, I think what what's also a little overlooked with the black dragon is it's, it, it's, it's tail. It has this gnarly fucking spike at the end of the tail. And I've, always wondered what the fuck it's used for but it's just never brought up ever one of the things that i really want and i never get is the is the concept of bleed damage in fifth edition and i get it oh. because of the bounded accuracy and the fact that heals are so strange in fifth edition if you look at heals are either really powerful or not powerful enough because we never use them in combat yeah but then when we do use them it's like we just erased all the damage that just happened yeah. so um Bleed damage is a little bit weird, but I always want to be doing that, and I think I would give that to to a black dragon who's just going to open up wounds and let you bleed out. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe the it's specifically for them because the wounds stay open because of the acid. Now, this is where I would put it on that nasty tail. So the tail yeah. attack will do with this extra acid and then doing consistent damage to you uh, unless you can... Uh, recover hit points somehow like you yeah, have to exactly. heal in order you have to address it and burn an action to do it or have someone else burn part of their turn to heal you up right so absolutely so absolutely. again just just for the listeners this is this is how we think about it is we, we look at the art we look at the environment we look at the lore and we say what kind of things can we use to to promote the flavor that is there that we're not getting from these boring as fuck stat blocks couldn't have said it better myself and remember you are going to be messing with the cr if you take the the topaz dragon for example that we talked about we said that it's going to be able to um rejuvenate it's going to do uh it's going to be like a siege monster it's going to have a necrotic aura it's going to do psychic damage as it dies we've got anybody that's touching it is going to be taking slashing damage and it's damaging the weapons that are hitting it the fact that it can choke out by filling up their lungs with water uh, <laughs> re removing them from the battlefield and then finally doing strength damage on top of that you have taken this up about five levels in cr right yeah and again I don't mind stacking things and doing that and giving them max hit points or raising their AC or giving them an additional legendary attack or making their lair actions go off on a 20 and a 10, right? Yeah. Like, I don't mind doing this stuff as long as the players are of an appropriate level. And every time that I add something else, I've got to look at my party and go, A, is this going to affect initiative or actions that take place in initiative? Uh, because if it's not, I'm not going to change the CR. Oh, you speak another language? Oh, you love the color blue? Yeah, I'm home brewing details, but like this shit doesn't matter. Not yeah. in combat, <laughs> right? So, um, but if it's going to be something that takes an action or it's a spell or it goes off in combat 
or in initiative, then you have to raise the CR or um, you've got to give your dragon something else to hit. Because with the action economy, the thing that we didn't hit, which I thought was really obvious, was multi-attack, right? Increase the range, make this a, a bigger area of effect if it's a breath weapon. These are no-brainer things that you can do. Have the layer actions hit harder, just stuff like that. You change the little mechanics, you tweak it a little bit, and it's going to hurt more. But if they're targeting NPCs every other round, or they're burning their lair actions or their legendary actions on NPCs, it's not that tough of a fight, right? Yeah. If you want to do something like um, like that burst effect for the death, right? Yeah. I'm not raising the CR for that because yeah. it doesn't it doesn't affect uh, it doesn't affect combat. It's what an effect that happens at the end of initiative. Initiative is over. You've slain the dragon. Now it blows the fuck up. Right. And it was very specifically non-lethal psychic damage, which means no one's dying from this. It's just a flavor thing. And it's going to make everybody raise their eyebrows. Oh, my God, I wasn't expecting that. But nobody dies. This is not more deadly. And that's what a CR is. Right. Is what level does this become deadly at? Right. A CR says no one should die at this level or higher. So anyway, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this episode up? Anything else you'd like to talk about with uh, with workshopping dragons? Not much. Just that thinking outside the box with this type of thing is, or just in D&D in general, uh, is very helpful to do because it's a fantasy world. Your your dreams are your reality. You can just make it happen, like mm-hmm. we've said with, the, with these dragons so far. Just fuck it. Uh, Wizards of the Cause are not going to come to your home and tell you no, I think. <laughs> what one would hope my big final thought is think about what it would be like to actually fight a fucking dragon in real life don't give them elemental attacks besides fire breath just think your standard fantasy do you ever see the movie uh was it rain of fire i have not but i've it's been on my uh watch list for for, for a few weeks now since i saw a poster of it i was like that looks fucking interesting it's it's an interesting movie. It's not perfect, <laughs> but it, it it's super fun. Matthew McConaughey essentially plays a barbarian fighting dragons in modern times. Like I've been sold. Yeah. <laughs> um, but those are just standard fire-breathing dragons. There's nothing else. They're not poison breath. It's not acid breath. They're not casting magic spells. There's none of the stuff. But they will pick up and drop things. They will eat things and swallow them whole. They'll hit with a tail. They'll bash you with their wings. It doesn't take much to think about like what it would be like to face one of these creatures that's bigger than a house. I would not myself want to fight a school bus. Now <laughs> you're giving a school bus wings, teeth, and hyperintelligence. I've got a problem on my hands. And this isn't even the magic side of it yet, right? Yeah, like, exactly. So we have to we have to think about the magic. We have to think about eggs. I love that we have layers. People should think about nests. There should be additional shit that goes on. We, we should go regional, then layer, then nest, right? Yeah. And so things should get more and more intense as you as you get closer and closer to it. Yeah, totally. I, just, I, mean, I think uh, I, like you said, you don't want to fight a school bus. I wouldn't want to fight a furnace. What was the description? That has teeth like swords, uh, wings, and spears as talons. I think the description of, in The Hobbit was. Of yeah. smog, basically. Yeah, I would don't want to fight a furnace-sized thing that has that. Fuck that! <laughs> I'm running away. <laughs> and and when you get to the point where it is so smart and so big and has minions, there's so much more that goes into it. And like, I don't think 
I think, or rather, I think that you could you could homebrew just about anything onto a dragon, and it will make yes. sense. Who's going to tell you no? <laughs> yeah, as, as long as you can justify it narratively, go to town. The other thing that I did, uh, my little bit of balancing act, and I mentioned this briefly with the wyvern, was the spit and the the barbs that that you shoot. That's redundant. I'm not yes. going to be able to get both of those off in the same round. And even if I did, it's narratively different, but mechanically very very similar. So yeah. don't bother. You'll notice that if you go back and and onto any one of the other dragons, I tried not to double up. I wasn't just yeah. changing the numbers. Yes, the numbers will automatically change, but I'm not hitting the same tone over and over again so that we can feel an evolution. And every one of these things can be applicable at that level and the levels above it, except for some of the egg shit. Some of the egg shit's just weird, and I would just keep it for the eggs for yeah. the most part. Um they're a little bit different. Are, are there any people, social media or projects, or anything you want to shout out, Andre? Right. So it's it's a bit. I don't. It's a bit. I don't have any things to like shout out specifically, except my my friends. I've done. I've already done one friend, and honestly, the rest of my friends would go fuck themselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is a book. It is from a third party source. Uh, you can tell me if I'm allowed to shout it out or not, because yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, go nuts. It is called The Game Master's Book of Legendary Dragons. This book is fantastic. I'll, I'll, I'll show you, Adam, here. Here, I don't if you can see. This, here's a dragon art. I don't know if you can see that very well. Yeah. This is a two-headed dragon, and one side of it is pretty, so the, his limbs are uh, fucked. Like, it was born yeah. with, like, weird limbs. Yeah. So these dragons, there are about 30 dragons in this book. Each of them have different flavor, different st different stats, different things about them. This is something that has helped me uh, think outside of the box with with this thing. I mean, one of the dragons is literally a a reaper of sorts. It takes the souls to the afterlife. Another one is just a plague. Like the there's a lot of good inspiration here, and I. And if and if you want to uh, try to keep it to, if people are like, well, I want to try to keep it to like mostly D and D. It is a some one of the Kaikax, I think the son of Gary himself. Yeah, forward by Luke Kaikax. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm looking it up right now. Um, this is a uh, this is really cool. There's like twenty some odd, very special, very specific, like yeah. four page spreads, give or take, for each one of these dragons. Yep. And then it looks like there's stuff on dragon riders, drakes, and then other stuff that I've never heard of. Like it talks about dragon cults for a while, parts yep. of a dragon parts economy. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, aerial and, combat. Uh, but like yeah, there's a part about the dragon parts. They can bolster the spells. Dragon parts can bolster I love spells. That. I'm all about harvesting um, magical creature parts. It's but fantastic. I also love it's got. Hold on. Does it say it has three one shots in it? Yeah. This actually looks like a good... Where did you get it from? My, I got it from my local nerd shop. <laughs> okay, I'm just wondering if it's like available on DMs Guild or... Uh, I mean, it says it has Canadian dollars on it, so I think you can buy it somewhere in Canada. <laughs> yeah, see, the problem with a lot of these third-party books is that they get limited edition prints, and then they go to, like, local game stores. So if the person, right. for example, is in 
um, San Francisco, it'll show up in the San Francisco stores because they've literally driven over, made a deal with the people there and dropped it off, right? right, They've shipped it out to a certain number of... Is your local uh, gaming shop, is it a franchise or is it just like a standalone? Uh, We have two shops. Yep. Uh, It is... Well... No, it is that chain. It has two two shops in the capital area. I don't think it's a franchise. I think it's a I think it's an Icelandic exclusive thing. Okay, yeah, I'm just looking at it. It is. I'm trying to see who published it. Um, Let me see. Uh, Hubrich with um with a U with a umlaut. I think it's a German. Yeah, it seems like it. this is definitely an indie piece. Yes. Um, publisher at Jetpack Seven. That's all. Jetpack seven is one word with just a, there's no space between that and the number seven. So, or um, media lab books is also something that says here. This is someone, um, it looks like he's been in the industry for a while. This is, it's really good. It it looks like, um, you know, was Luke Gygax actually a part of the creation of this book too? Yeah. I mean, I, this is such a great book. I think one of the dragons Okay, okay, okay. Before I get to that one, this one was just funny. It's a bronze dragon who just likes brewing beer. That's all he does. <laughs> nice. There was another dragon uh, that is blind in both eyes and relies solely on its blind side, which I thought was fun. Another one which doesn't have scales but has adamantine armor crafted by the Duergar. Instead, it goes to war with them. That's cool. There's a lot of like, I, I'm, I found some art for it online. And it looks like there's a couple of undead ones in here. One of them's wrapped in like mummy wraps. Yeah, well. uh, it's. I, I, this is such a, such. If if you find it, I recommend it. It's such a fun find. It was such a fun find for me. Oh, one of them looks like a big like sea serpent that it just. Oh, you mean Jormungandr? <laughs> that is Jormungandr. His is name it? is. Jormungandr. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. yeah. They they created the world serpent. He's absolutely massive compared to this ship in the art, but he's got. He's got arms. He looks like a big ass sea snake, but with yeah. arms. Uh, like, there's some cool shit in this. Like, just, I, I've obviously not gone through it or looked look necessarily, but it's it's got a couple of pages of lore. It says, I'm looking at a review right now, some ideas about encounters. Uh, they take the time to discuss the layer, the regional effects, and specific tactics that each one of these things uses. So, it's this, that, I, that's this, cool. This book is a lot of fun. Are they all epic level? They all seem like they'd be uh, R20 plus. Yes, except for one of them. One of them is challenge 17. All right. So this is, yeah, this is but cool. Like because this, what, yeah, these are definitely like end level type dragons. And I'm just looking at, I, I don't have the art for this one. Um, I'm just, Google is my best friend. Um, yeah. Kundal the rainbow dragon uh, is Kundal. gargantuan. Polychromatic dragon who's lawful good. But this stat block is absolutely massive. It looks like it's built for 5th edition. Because it's using 5th oh, edition. Oh yeah, this is all, this is all, this is 5th ed friendly, this book. Absolutely. You know what? Yeah, there's a lot of cool shit in this. This is really cool. I would absolutely, I would absolutely pick this up. So. Yeah, I, if you find it, I highly recommend it. This is a, this is a very fun. And I think, and if, uh, 3D printing wise, you can find some of the dragons on STL. That is always a plus. Let me. I think I have one right here. This is uh, I know it's an audio format. I'm aware. This is Zuth the uh, the Eternal. This is the dragon counter that nature made. If there are too many dragons, this guy rises and equalizes it. 
Nice. I'm a I'm a fan of that cosmic balance nonsense. That's uh that's a lot of fun. So all right, that's really cool. I'm uh I'm gonna put the details of uh, the name of this and uh, who it's by and whatnot. I'm gonna see if I can find a link to buy it online. I'll put all that shit in the show notes for anybody who's yeah. curious. But uh, are there any uh any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Then uh, enjoy D and D. Live <laughs> life. <laughs> Fair. Uh, I don't know. Hang out with your friends or something. I don't, I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> live life. There Drink we go. Booze. Drink L- coffee. L- I don't fucking know. <laughs> L- live life. You, you heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's all for our discussion on workshopping dragons uh, with Andre. Thank you, Andre, for choosing this topic and for sitting in on this episode with me and for supporting the Patreon. Of course. Uh, it's a pleasure. And uh, for everyone else, thanks for listening to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com, a store with some It's a Mimic merch, and a Patreon. This episode and others can also be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and most other podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. Thank you.